Good evening, morning, afternoon, whatever applies to you. And welcome to the first EuroLeague of 2024. I'm not going to bother asking you how you guys Christmas was, were, or New Year's, or whatever. We don't have that emotional connection. Yeah, it's not it's just... a purely professional relationship. Exactly. And we're here to provide a service, you know, and no one gives a fuck about either of us, or any of us, rather, either of you, whatever we did, no one cares, do they? Uh, I am joined by the... Uh, Evervescent Kira, and of course, Mr. Tensor Zagetsu from Bleach. Now, I'm particularly happy about this one, Nymera, because, right, this. initially this character appeared, you know, doing my generic anime character with long black hair search. He pops up, and I thought, oh, well, there's actually two different renditions of him. There's the normal Zangetsu, which is like a slightly older guy with a bit of a beard or whatever. But then there's the young form, which is Tensor Zangetsu, who doesn't have a beard and looks a bit more, you know, well, just youthful. But actually, you've decided to don a little bit of a stubble today. So it fits perfectly <laughs> on both. So perfect. Just, so, yeah. just as I've like, yeah, thanks for highlighting that I actually just forgot to shave for like a week. So that's, that's that. And I've got a new camera, so you can see it just like in slightly more high definition. Yeah, well, depending on how I decide to render this. Yeah, true. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? But uh, yeah, no, particularly fitting. And also, I haven't bowed down to, you know, UK esports news who have decided to compare <laughs> Nymera to League of Legends characters, which is completely out of left field and not allowed whatsoever. That's our thing. How dare you? But yeah, so we're keeping it fresh here with the anime comparisons. Um, right, guys, you do know the drill, which is before we talk anything remotely related to esports or League of Legends, we do have to tackle today's Would You Rather, which I will say up front is completely stolen from Reddit before anyone comes at me. But it's actually a good one. It's actually a good one. I like this one. Uh, you have to kind of wordsmith it a bit to make it a would you rather. It's more like a what would you do in this scenario, but whatever, we'll run with it. So basically, here's the premise, okay? Very topical, right? You are in charge of the distribution of the Epstein list, okay? You are the sole holder and you have all the power on how and where and whatever this list is delivered in, right? So you have all the names of all the perps on this list, okay? Now, just before this list is due to be released, one of the people on this list, and let's just say he's a middling uh, person in terms of how egregious their crimes were, right? So, sure, he may not have, you know, had his way with 10 children, but maybe he did with five, right? So he, he's a bad guy. He's a very bad person. He comes up to you and he says, listen, Kira slash Nymera, I know you're going to release this list and there's like, 40 people on this list, right? If I pay you $5 million, okay, just to omit my name from this list, all these other guys will go to jail, all these baddies, these 39 people, you'll be a hero, they're all going to go to jail, what an amazing person you are, but I give you $5 million just to omit my name from the list. Would you do it? And you can put it down as an admin error. No, by the way, before you ask, there's no like, oh, later down the line, they'll see the bank transaction. Like you are going to get away with scot-free if you do this, okay? So it is a very black and white. You have 40 <laughs> names on a list. One name comes up and says, just leave my name off the list. You get $5 million. No questions asked. Boom. And you and know, this, this is not just like a straw man question, just like a front for any other moral decision that no, could no. have a lot of money behind it in the no. industry. 
Absolutely not. That's not what's happening. No, no, no. Put, pull that curtain back, Nymera. There's nothing behind it. Don't you worry about Thanks. that. Yeah. So, I, and I, by the, the, yeah, sorry, go the on. The only way I'm getting that money is, the only way I would ever take that money is if I take it and then also reveal the name. Like, I'm, there is no way I would not reveal that name. Like, am that I the only person? Am I the only? So I am the sole person responsible for revealing it. So I'm like yeah. the judge, right? Yep. So I, I have the invested interest of the public in my position. Yep. You can yeah, put away. You it. can put away. Let's put it this way. You can put away thirty-nine bad guys. No, no. That's or not how forty it works. bad guys and get five million dollars. Uh, that's not how it works. Okay. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a. I'm the person responsible. So then no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. No. I. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night like that. Like, particularly with the shit that's been on that list. Not it's even in your bad. palatial estate that you've uh, purchased on the back of it? In your super comfy <laughs> bed? Could get a few I'd weeks? Say, no, I think I'd sleep better in my two-bedroom Berlin apartment right now. Like, that, like one of which is in use. So, I have one room and I'd happily sleep in that. I, I, I couldn't do that. Like, morally, I would just... Nah. I'd, okay. I'd, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Well... Would you take the money, Rich? No. But I was hoping one of you would, so I could, you know, berate you Use for it as it. a title. You could use it. <laughs> yeah. Imagine, imagine the clicks you'd get. League of Legends analysts would omit Epstein list name. I'll say this: list. if it was like I know more... a couple of League of Legends analysts that might have been on the left. Well, I could think of several. Uh, I, could, <laughs> I can think of an ex-player, but that's for another show. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, what I would say is if there was a name, right, on the if this person who came forward, if their crimes were, like, fairly minor, but they were crimes, I probably would, to be honest. It'd be one of those... Yeah, no, fairly minor. Like, if well, they were, like... Okay, let's say, for example, let's say they were completely the privy... Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's say they were completely privy to, like, the goings-on, but they were such a weak, feeble-minded person that they, like, never what? came forward and testified or something, mm. and that made them very culpable. And they're offering me $5 million. Fuck that. I'm taking the so $5 I, million. Like, they're uh, not gonna... They're not gonna go out and rape children. They're gonna fucking... They're just a, a pussy who didn't do step up and do the I right think, thing. Mm, I'm taking the money at that point. There's potentially a grey area. So if they have an argument to be made that might say, actually, I was on the list, but I wasn't complicit or something like that, then I think maybe there is an argument to say, let the trial go through, let jury and judge or whatever um, determine how guilty they were and whatever. And if they're clean then, then you would withhold it. But then actually, I think at that point, actually, why would you take the money for that? Because that's... That no, 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 no. Yeah, it's, it's, all, a, it's, so. it's a snap decision you have to make at the time. Guy comes oh, forward. Case, You've got the list of names and what their crimes were. And this guy's crime is basically he was he knew all about everything, but he never testified, never came forward. Basically, he's a bad person. He's dishonest. He's whatever. There but are, he never did. That name is going out to the public. I, I've watched <laughs> that. I'm all taking five million dollars just to have some dishonest prick on the streets. Whatever. I, I don't care. I've, I've watched that man for all seasons way too many times. To like not do it, particularly as I would actually never have myself in that position because I know, like, I have. <laughs> well, yeah. like, I, what? Well, I mean, well, like, obviously, no... <laughs> yeah, you're never going to be in that position. Yeah, but like the whole, like, the point of it is, is like you shouldn't put yourselves in position where you know you couldn't be corrupted, right? That's and, true, actually. Right, yeah. you should like know that, like, know yourself to not put yourself in the position where you can be like corrupted by those like types of offers, right? But because I am in that position, you've like placed me in it. Okay, I I take the like the extreme of office, even though I might be personally tempted myself for my own personal benefit because I've been placed there. Like I assume it. 
I think you can legitimately make the argument as well, though, that if you yourself consider yourself to be a very good person and you come into a lot of wealth, i.e. means that you're going to do a lot more good than the concept of some guy who's just Maybe been aware of a bunch one. of fucking Ooh. crime. No, seriously, though, like if you if you were a, a very well-intentioned person who could do a lot of good in the world with resources, this isn't about like, oh, play God and let a murderer go. This is about some passing judgment on some guy who's clearly a dick and a bad person and a bit dishonest but let's be real yeah. like the end result the jeremy bentham answer would be take the fucking money at that point and you know me and that, jeremy that, are tight there are a so lot of different ways that. you can take that specific kind of bit and say well you know does doing what is what amounts to a, a pretty evil thing a bad thing or whatever particularly if this person is like complicit and there would be some good done by this name being released to the public um is that then absolved by doing something good from the money you'd get from that i still don't think that like completely wipes that initial bad deed clean no it doesn't um, it doesn't and, and also and also there is a level to say you know on a personal level if you were to make that decision once would that then affect your mindset going into if you're in this position again if if you are in this position would that affect you again um and then you know yeah, definitely. It, slight, yeah. I, I wouldn't take the chance, is the thing. Uh, I think uh, there uh, are too many, too many psychological things which can go on with that. The thing is, like, there's also a big difference between if this whole thing was somehow public or people knew about it or they didn't, because then you're talking about setting precedents and so on as well. Mm. I'm talking about in a vacuum, no one's going to know, blah, blah, blah. I would absolutely take the fucking And also, in that to point. a lesser degree as well, like, if someone has actually got five million to give you, that kind of broached into the territory of, well, there is one rule for the rich, another rule for the poor. And, you know, at that point, if you're in a position of justice to say, I am allowing you to cheat the system through your wealth. Like, that is so fucked up to me. I, I hate that whole... Oh, it is. Absolutely. ...goal of capitalism. You know, I hate that. So for me, I, just, I cannot stomach that. Just view it like this, Nymeria. <laughs> me having five million is the opposite of fucked up. That sounds like a beautiful <laughs> world that we should all buy into. So there you go. Uh, anyway, right, let's talk about some League of Legends, I suppose. Uh, now, this is obviously not a tier list show as people keep reminding me a tier list is when you put teams in tiers not rank them one to ten so we're doing a whatever ranking show power rankings whatever the fuck you want to call it a prediction i guess as much as anything in terms of how well or not so well uh we think these teams will do i'll be honest lads i don't think the crop of teams we have in europe this year is particularly wonderful is it but they do still need to be ranked and judged uh as we go so let's start with what we'll do is to save time um kind of what we did with the world's thing or whatever we'll go person by person in terms of you know the 10th place team and then we will discuss that team the first time it comes up rather than jumping right. back and forth because then it's a fucking mess so uh so, i so g2 fans can skip to the end <laughs> yeah you can just take the whole video it's gonna last like 15 minutes i <laughs> see i thought we would all share potentially a couple of teams on this list including the 10th place team but i do believe that we're actually not so i will start with mine and we'll see where we go uh so in 10th place i have mad lions um the reason i have mad lions is pretty simple first of all the best player on mad lions the player that has essentially put this team together for people who don't know and was actually pushing to be on the same team as a lot of these players in the past is El Yoya, the jungler. And the coach as well. Um, the and the coach, Melza, as well. Um, now, El Yoya is coming off the back of what was not a very good year overall for him. I think he was at a certain point in time the de facto best jungler in Europe. I certainly don't think he is that anymore, or currently, I should say. Um, 
and the people he's paired himself with, I don't think super highly of, or let's put it another way, because maybe that's a bit harsh. I do not necessarily think super highly of and or are ready necessarily for the position they're going to find themselves in. So to remind people, the top laner is Myron, uh, Jungler Elioia, mid laner uh, Frescovi, and then the bot lane is Super and Alvaro, um, who obviously were Movistars last year. Um, who do you uh, think is LEC ready of those players? I'm not hanging to argue it, just what do you think? Who do you think um, is LEC ready of those I players? think there are arguments for support and top, but okay. I think that um, I mean, super. Like the thing is with I would AD. Say super yeah, me. the thing is with AD carries. Like there are so many good AD carries in Europe, and super is not like egregiously below the ones that you he put. Was fucking great in Amir Masters. This dude has been killing it at that level. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I, I just put it like this. I think that ADC is stacked, and I yes. put super fairly low on my ADC tier list. If we're just doing LEC. ADCs. So I, I think that Alvaro is fine, but I'm not sure how high I'd have him on my support. I think Morin is okay. I'm not sure how high I'd have him on top. And I think, no offense to the guy, like I'm I'm waiting to see, you know, what he can do, but I think Frescovi is fucking garbage. So I think that this and I, I just don't think you can do too much what with do, a um... bad mid laner in uh, LEC. So I also have Mad at 10th. Um, where did you end up putting the curators? We have like a general idea, like as the overhead. Ninth, where we've got this but thing. like with a caveat. Sure. Okay. All right. We're, we're um, doing it again, Rich. Yeah. So um, I think there are a lot of caveats for this team in particular because, as context to this overall list, this is just about the hardest kind of um, like power ranking you can do because these are the largest changes we've seen to League of Legends since yeah. like season five. Crazy, um, actually. And yeah. we have and we have a lot of new players coming in. So in terms of like. The actual numbers of the teams, I think top couple, yeah, I think we're probably going to be aligned on that. I think anything from like third down could be in, yeah, they could be wildly different. So try and listen to the arguments and some of the bigger points rather than just the number on the table. I think Mad are likely to be 10th though because mid lane is looking to be super important. And Frescovi has some cool picks. He's a Lucian mid player. And I think actually AD carries mid right now are really, really strong on the new patch because of um, the ability to control early lane, go to something like the Void my, uh, the void Grubs, rather. Or Kevins, as the players are calling them, because I don't think that name is going to stick. Apparently, they're just they're just Kevins now. I was trying to call them Inky Binky Plink, uh, and, and uh, Blinky from Pac-Man, because... Anyway, we'll get around to that. But um, Seems like a bit of a casting good... nightmare already, based on that uh, <laughs> tongue slip, I'd say. Yeah, so. we, we, we managed to make Shelly work. But um, yeah, I think Frescovi playing some stuff like the Lucian mid and AD carries mid could really be a benefit to this team. Merwin as well plays stuff like LeBlanc top and ADRE top and some weird shit. He, I'm less... I think these solo lanes can really struggle, though. I think even though mid and top lane are not particularly standout roles in LEC right now, I think that's largely jungle and AD carry. I think the solo lanes of Mad Lions are going to be pretty pushed. And that's why I can't really have them anything higher than well, I just to, don't think these... these yeah, to, to, piggy, to piggyback off that point with top, I think the problem is, because people who watched uh, uh, Myron last split, he was actually quite good. But the problem is, this is if this was last split and the map was how it was, and now Yoya's his jungler, I would feel quite a bit better about it. So for people who are confused when I say, you know, maybe Alvaro is LEC ready, maybe Marin is LEC, I'm I would be much more comfortable if they were playing on the previous map rather than this map. So that is also one of the reasons why I have him lower. Obviously, same for Frescovi as well, which is regardless, I think he's a weak point because of um, how mid is as well and how much more. 
pure laning, I suppose, Riot yeah. was hoping to get uh, from these changes, I feel less confident about that. So, yeah, Kira, talk to me about nah, Matt. Nah, fuck it. I'm on, t I'm on tenth as well. Because what I'm about to say just applies to completely without, like, mad, mad or tenth. Like, I was literally going to say, like, ninth and tenth are interchangeable. But when I even thought about, like, my own ideas on, like, teams, it just actually can't be true. Mad or tenth. Like... De like for me, they're definitely the They are the team that I think looks the worst on paper. The obviously, any sort of like teamwork and team direction and what a coach can do, right? That can change anything about a team. But I think on paper, they have the wor one of the worst player strengths. Off the players, I think they've not got like insane amount of upside. Like the player who has the most upside on this team is a lawyer, right? Okay, because you know he could potentially be the best player in the LEC, the best jungler in the LEC, right? But we didn't see that, and he was on like a mad lines that had like one a candidate for the best player and like other like good like good pieces for LEC level, and he was not playing his best, and so. For, in my opinion, if you have a lot of people whose like levels are going to be like all over the place as they go through the LEC, okay, a lawyer has to be like peak like every single game. You know, like top lane fucks up their wave, a lawyer's got to fix it. Mid lane's fucked up, a lawyer's got to fix it. A lawyer's got to get mid pressure to move to an objective to go bottom, a lawyer's got to fix it. There's so much for this team to go wrong, that you could end up hamstringing a, a lawyer. And not that a lawyer can't do that. It's just like, is that winning League of Legends? Like, is, mm. how consistently is he going to be able to plug all the the holes in the ship? And then when he is plugging the holes, or like, and, you know, maybe he's getting, like, lane advantages, like, how <coughs> consistently are these players going to be executing that into a win? You know, oh, like... Yeah. Sorry. No, like, I... You, I like, Oh no! I'll tell you a huge opportunity that's missed on this team as well. Because even though I don't like the the roster construction and the the theories behind it anyway, what I find baffling is that if you're going to do this thing where you bring in like the Movistar guys and it's like a core Spanish uh, team, you got Spanish coach, whatever. Why the fuck is Fresca V your mid laner? Like for me, the biggest, most interesting thing about watching those uh, comms from T1, uh, I can't remember if they were from the semifinals or the finals or whatever. Everything, and I made like a tweet about this and then people responded being like, oh, it's because they all speak the same language. Everything in those comms was so clean, so concise. Everyone was contributing to comms. It was like perfect and one of my biggest issues of legal western league of legends comes in general has always been that they are shit they are really, really really bad like yeah, really, really bad. fucking bad even if you compare them to european players in other games like it's night and day i don't know why the communication is so fucking bad which is why i've always said this as well yankos to me is one of the absolute best communicators in western league like ever maybe even like the best i don't know Ten but perks. to Ten me perks, it's like when i what I then caveat that by saying he's just communicating normally though. It's like to me coming from a background of like playing FPS games on a competitive level or whatever, it's just normal. It's like Yankos in my mind is the best, but that's still, that should be the baseline. It's not like he's doing anything because... super extraordinary with his comms. And then, as I said, you look at T1, every player on T1 communicates like that. And it, to me, if you go full Spanish and then have a Polish mid laner, oh great. Now you can't give me the excuse of like, Oh, well, they're all communicating their native language. This team's going to be speaking fucking English. 
What's the point? You've got four Spanish players and a Spanish coach and a Polish mid laner. What are you doing? Like, even if the mid laner you want to get, because it has to be a Spanish speaking guy, even if you take a slight downgrade. Does Vescovi not speak Spanish? I think he might do. He's played in um, in LVP for a while. Um, he if, he do, if he does, then then fair enough. Then that points off the table. Still not enough to you know move them up from tenth, by the way. But if he does, fair enough. I would be pretty surprised if a young Polish League of Legends player spoke Spanish. I'm just going to put it out there. No, I've not seen. He's 24. Whatever. I haven't seen any League of Legends player like make an effort to learn another language that's not English whatsoever. I've, I've no. actually never seen that. I'm, by the way. This is obviously this at this point. This is all speculative. Whatever. I have no idea if he speaks Spanish or not. If he does, cool, awesome. That would be pretty unique in the space. But can I jump in on that in terms of the learning languages? Because there's one person in Europe that is fucking great at enabling people to learn other languages, and that's Mac. Do you know how many languages Mac speaks? Six. He speaks six languages. Like he's an absolute polyglot. And really? He can't, yeah. And he learns a lot of different languages and he helps other people learn languages within the setting of the team as well. So if you're ever worried about language communication and stuff, Mac is Shame is not on their feet. <laughs> yeah, shame they fired him. It is shame, such shame, a ball drop shame, that they managed to get rid of that guy. He's, anyway. Uh, yeah, that, that is so frustrating to me actually because I really liked what Mad Lions had going on with an org. It felt like... Yeah, there were some pieces which were kind of like about the place, but like the actual backroom stuff. Does Mac speak Bulgarian? I don't think he speaks that. Czech, <laughs> French, Polish, and Korean by any chance? Are any of those the six languages that Max speaks other than English? I think he no? speaks Mandarin, oh. but he doesn't. He speaks. I think no, he speaks Mandarin. Uh, but, uh, sorry, I was, I was just checking. Yeah. You know, I was wondering for the team vitality yeah. if I was going to bump them up another one. Anyway, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, as I, I said, overall, but... mad. Like, I, I'm basically aligned with the rest of you. I think that there are there are caveats to this team that I think particularly Frescovi and Moen have some different champions that could flip some draft stuff. I don't think it's going to be enough. When for a are they going to get that? It's this is the thing, right? You need to have blind picks so you can use the weird counter picks. And I don't even know who's going to be better at like blind picking. For Until it happens, I don't believe in any yeah. of the pick nonsense. By the way, until it actually happens, before well, my it eyes. Well, it happened on stuff I mean, like when Moen was on Bison's for a bit, right? No, well, I'm saying like as like unless I see like Adam level characters, right? Okay, yeah. like consistently doing it, I, I, it's borderline like a mute point for me. Like you know what I mean? Like everyone tells me there's all these Draven players in Europe that can like play Draven, like but then there's Draven players like Han Sama is it up? He's picking it. You know what I mean? Like, Patrick, yeah. he's yeah. picking it. You know what I mean? Like, there's very different levels to that. So I'm not wanting to completely dismute your point, Nightmare, but I'm yeah. always so... Particularly at an what? ERL level, I've seen so many it's, specialists... It's only because of the Bison's history. Because yeah. of the Bison's history, I'm sat there and I'm like, well... It could happen. Um, but and, also, and Bison's... But, but, this is, but this is why it's like, this is a potential upside. I still have them at 10th, because I don't think this is going to be applicable enough or ineffective enough. But I think they'll try it. But it also, yeah, with, with Bison's, for people who don't watch LVP or whatever, like... Bisons as an org were like psychopaths in draft. Like as an org, like they would their their coach would always yes. go for like super out of the box draft. So it's also hard to discern necessarily like how much of that is player pick diversity and how much is just like the philosophy of the team because it wasn't just top lane where they were doing funky picks. The funky picks were yeah. everywhere. People ERL players used to tell me they hated playing against Bisons because they had these crazy yeah. ass drafts. So. Can I give you the ultimate example of this, right? Bo, for his period, might be considered one of the best Graves players in the world, okay? He, like, even amongst, like, one tricks, he's very good at Graves, okay? How many times did he play it last year on Vitality? The Fnatic game is the only one I remember. Yeah, he played it once. Oh. Bo here! 
So there's like that's just why I'm just like that was a mega I'm, game as well, but <laughs> he was sick I'm, in that game. I'm, I'm just saying this is why I'm, when you have specialist pick people, I'm I'm, I'm not to like, completely turn off the like the, the point. It's just you know what I mean like amongst all these like rookies, and again if you get informed biases by like scrims and stuff like that, like is it going to happen? I remember I was so surprised when I seen. Who was the top laner from uh, Chasey? When Chasey actually yeah. played the Aurelia NAR matchup, and like, you know what I mean? It was as good as it was built. As in, like, he seen the NAR, he picked the Aurelia, and he, like, Omega fisted a uh, Photon, I think it was, like, with the Aurelia pick. And he actually executed it, like, really, really well. And I was like, you know what? That's legit, right? But uh, that, that people have been talking yeah. about Chasey being that player from the NLC and doing that on carries all year when it, was, it happened, like, once. Twice, maybe another couple of handful of times that I'm like misremembering. He had a couple of Gwen games which are really good, but he didn't have yeah. like the crazy counters, and his Fiora felt pretty bad. But that, that, yeah, Chasey's obviously gone now. I'm so. just giving, I'm giving Chasey yeah. as like an example of someone who came <coughs> from the same tier as him, better region, and you know it was never as sexy yeah. as what people make out, and that's why I've got them so low. Like, do anyone here actually think just randomly because of like nationality and like you know what I mean the vibes? This team's going to just be like randomly great at like objective setups and team fighting and playing for each other. If they were all having... Spanish, again, like again, I, again, obviously I caveat it with maybe Prescovy speaks Spanish, which to me, again, unless either of you have heard something, I'm definitely assuming he hasn't because that would be in a complete out, outlier as far as I'm concerned. But if they were, I think it would actually have been a fairly interesting, maybe still ill-advised, but a fairly interesting experiment if they'd just gone full Spanish, all spoke Spanish, all the coaches were Spanish. I think that would have been legitimately interesting. This is now no longer interesting to me at all, unless t someone tells me the Prescovy is fluent in Spanish. Then I'm... No, but like, just so like an, an interest of like a hypothetical, if I told you this team's going to be like good at like team fighting and like team playing objective setup, right? So, you know what I mean? Would you put them up higher? No. Like, I told you they're going to be like BDS levels of like being. The, able the to problem like, is that like, the players just aren't. That to me, I've not seen anything to suggest the players are good enough for that. Like, I, I, they can be yeah, good relative that. to their own ability, but what does that mean? Like, let's say you have. It's use an extreme example. If you have five bad players and then you say, but they're good at team fighting, what does that even mean? Because you have to be a good player to be good at team fighting. So, to me, it's like. They're good at team fighting relative to their other skills, like maybe they're bad laners or whatever. To me, they're these players, most of these players are not good enough to where if someone said, Oh, but they're good at team fighting, I said like yeah. But wait, they're gonna lose um, team fights though. Yeah, but it's also teams. like think... it's like coordination. Like for example, I was never like you know what I mean, like uh to give you a good example, I think uh BDS, okay, were always better at like team fighting than the than the than the actual players on like if you were to separate the players and like I, yeah, I know what put you them mean. Different, right but uh, rogue were always worse yes like rogue were worse at team fighting yes. even though yeah. the end of even though those individual players are good at it comp larson and oduamne were all very good team fighters in previous iterations and i've been but when you put them all on the same team with like malrang and inspired or like you know what i mean trimby and hansana they were actually worse at it. mad lines were with like karzy humanoid and what's his name the top laner uh, the Turkish guy, Armut. Armut were so were really, really, really good at team fighting, yeah. right? Humanoid hasn't been elite at like team fighting for like quite a while now. He's like not, he's been like good, to, like but never great, never like the peaks that he was not hitting specifically inside that Mad Lions core. core. 
So that that's kind of how I was like thinking about it. Like, yeah. if if they you know if they're gonna have something, would that put them up? But again, for you? but it, I don't. I have no. Re I mean, if I knew that they were good at stuff, <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. But yeah. The, I mean, the problem is that, yeah, as so, I said, the only reason to believe that would be if they had some crazy synergy off the back well, of being all Spanish, for example. So one thing which is, so there are t two more caveats I want to throw out there. Mobstar Riders had a really fun early game in EMA Masters. I think they were actually very good at finding plays from bot lane laning phase into yeah. Alvaro joining up. I think it was Isma was their jungler Isma, at that yeah. point. They'd find, they had some really high early game kill stats. They were a really fun team to watch. I don't know whether that's going to work out typically you want to keep a jungle support together if you're going to do if you're going to keep that early game synergy we've seen xkick and dos do well in terms of keeping a bot lane duo synergy together from erl levels in fact when sk did that they found a lot of success with that even though they passed up on treats who was i think actually a very good part of that roster the year beforehand so like there are some glimpses of hope there it's just that the overall stock of player i think is pretty low i think super is the only person i'm like yeah, I actually think he can hang with, with some of the better players. I think he'll he'll be good. I don't think he's going to be the best. I think Super is genuinely someone which I'm, I, I'm quite excited to watch, though. And obviously, Elioia as well. But outside of that, I don't know. I'll just say as well, I think you could argue that Isma, who's not on this team, was their best player, probably. Like You could argue that because of their early game presence. I would say Super. I would say Super was really fucking good. But, uh, I really like watching him play. But... Yeah, let's go to Kira's uh, nine pick, as it sounded like it was fairly close at least for a little bit so who have you got uh in ninth place kira tasty carmine corp Base. i want all the europeans to hate me and the reason is i actually had them 10th and then i was like no because i even goes against my own principles because the thing i can say about kc is if they're like good players like kick uh, you know like uh, kick upwards they can snipe and win like so many games however i've just having watched like in houses and some of the like the research and put this way if scrim box are like worthless then in houses are the turkish lira like they're up no one gives a fuck about them right they're absolutely it's pointless even having it so this team uh, for me when i was like watching and this is that you know them for in houses is the most like uh available information that I have. When I was watching like Bo Call and like how Cabo and Sakin and people like that like responded to it, like I was not impressed. Like Cabo was way worse than I expected. Like shockingly like terrible. Uh Sakin was a lot better, but there was still like how disjointed their like comms were and how like disorganized everything was. The only upside that like I could really like think of was like if the upset target mass lane gets going and you can start getting some free wins if like out of bot lane, like just using like upset in terms of his team fight prowess. But I don't think Bo was the, the player they like needed to be previously. I think he had like problems around like wit lane prio. Those those uh, you know what I mean, are those gonna continue? I would probably say like yes. I don't feel <coughs> like they're magically gonna get fixed with Sakin and Cabo as is uh laners. You know, upset was like pretty good. It was like very, you know, what I mean, like fourth best, third best ADC for me. You know, what I mean, very, very standard, very, very safe. Basically, just a very good version of Noah, but like in a, a good way. But how many games will that win you if you're on a bad team? You know, what I mean, sometimes you've got to take bigger risks. Um, once you do have gold leads to reflect, you know, what I mean, the chances to like win the game. It's like a skill set that's like both a double-edged sword for people like Karzi. So, and another thing is, if this team goes to shit. 
from like the personalities. I don't like to go too much on that. This team could go like really, really badly, like backwards the on itself. On these players, yeah, is and going also to be absolutely yeah. massive. I, and I don't like to put. That's why it's my final point. I don't want to put like too much like state stock in it and like hypotheticals. It's just from like what I've glimpsed because I've seen so much of the KCN houses. It is by far the stuff I've watched like the most, and. You know, what I mean, maybe it's because I've like I've got like a microscope out and I'm seeing them specifically, but I was generally like not impressed by like the standard of what I was seeing, um, particularly out of people like Cabo and their comms and stuff and stuff like that. The best I could say was like, you know, Targamas when he was on Senna, it's still very, very, very good. Yeah, yeah. How many yeah. Senna angles are you going to get? How many X, Y, Z? You know, it's just I look at the rest of the team. And the pieces together make way more sense. You know, there's cores that have stuck together, or there's proven players who are, you know what I mean, are hard carried, you know what I mean, like worse pieces around them. So that's kind of why I've got KC. I don't think yeah. they, they'll probably be depressingly bad. It's like mad. I think they'll even be really exciting and fun to watch, potentially. I just don't know how many like games they know they're going to actually win. And they can definitely kick upwards. Well, that's the thing. I think this team is one of the more variable... Well, obviously, yeah. they've got to be one of the more variable teams because they have so many players that we have high expectations of from previous eras or from Emir Masters or whatever. And actually, I think with, with KC, their Emir Master level is somewhat relevant because there are a couple of factors in there which I think can apply to any tournament, which is... This... Kami Corps are pretty much the definition of a big game team. Um, the players here, like... God, I think it was the first Amir Masters which I was on the entirety of the tournament which I was casting. They started in play. There was this was the reckless lineup. Yeah. Um, so this was when they started in play-ins and they looked pretty shit in play-ins, but they just built as they went through the tournament and they were incredible in the finals. Like they just kept building and building. Carmen Court, if they hit the ground running, I think could be a real threat. I have them personally at third. Um, I think they can actually peak at that. That's more a commentary on how I have worries about other teams because yeah. I think anywhere between third and tenth, well, okay, maybe not third and tenth, but like I think third most of the way down the table is quite variable. I think that Bo has a real chance to shine if the meta goes towards uh, farming carries. I've seen his Lilia in in-houses and oh my god, this guy's good at that champion. So if Bo is kind of trusted to go onto the more carries, which we saw last year, oh my god, when he's actually on a good carry, he can do some pretty ma uh, amazing stuff. Um, and if you have Saken performing to an admirable level, again, he's one of the bigger big game players on this roster. I think there is actually a lot of potential here. Now, if things go badly early into the split, the pressure on this team are gonna, is going to get pretty intense. I also think that they have more experience with pressure than a lot of the other players, even on, even in this league, because they played on stages sure. and in stadiums, and much more than the LEC does right now, which is yeah. a very weird thing to think about. Bigger you get crowds, more stage yeah. experience going to LFL and Carmine Core than you do actually going into the LEC. I think that's actually going to benefit them quite a lot, yeah. especially now. I mean, the new studio has <clears throat> got, got something like what two hundred seats or something like that. Um, you know, I have in the first couple of weeks we're going to go see like a lot of like split seating between teams because teams have requested teams and uh, like seats or whatever that's good the later we get into the the, the later we get into the split the more calming core favored that studio is going to be and i think that will actually be a factor by for against some teams and i think that will see them past some of the lower table and some of the mid table teams that might get spooked by that um oh, i think it's okay. genuinely a factor but what so sorry i really had to leave what um what did you what number did you have them out there in amira third 
Yeah, then third, you're fucked smoking some heavy crap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That's no, why I got it. all my points out while you were off. So he's, he's, no, no, no. Was, like, he's not smoking here. anything other than that fucking French fan base, Kira. That's what he's got on the go. I, I respect it. It's tempting. It's always tempting to farm the KC fans. Uh, I'm not going to do that because I actually have them at ninth as well as uh, Kira. A uh, few reasons. First, I, I, we've talked about the variance already. I would describe this team as a high variance bad team. So even if like I agree there's like some variance here, so they could finish like sixth and I wouldn't be amazed. But I still think they're bad. Like I don't actually think this is, I think this is one of the worst constructed teams ever. I think it's so wow, fucking really? horrible. Yeah, you've got a bot lane of upset and Targamas. They're not winning any fucking lanes by the way. Targamas cannot lane. He cannot lane. And what is and you know as Kira Kira mentioned as like part of the upside of Targamas Senna Senna is only a boon if your team is good and has loads of picks. You think this guy's ever going to play more than one Senna game? Maybe one team will let it through and be like, oh shit, shouldn't have done that, and that'll be it. He'll probably never get to play Senna because spoiler alert, Targamas G two Targamas is not the same as KC Targamas. G two have a trillion picks. So yeah, you get to play center sometimes. He will never get to play center because this team is bad. So why the fuck would you let a one trick get his one trick? You just don't do that, right? The other problem is Bo. I love Bo. And when I saw Bo go to Carmine Corp, I even said something positive about it. Because I thought, yeah, that's cool. That's great. I'm, and But that was more, apart from anything else, I want to see Bo play. I think Bo himself is a high variance player who can produce some really cool moments. So cool, ballsy move, great. And that is, you know, a tasty coin if it lands on heads. But it's still not a very reliable coin. And I do not see this team. This this is probably the team where I would expect the the first team to make a lineup change will happen. I agree with Kira that I don't... I think Cabochard for the last few years has been a gatekeeper player. And what I mean by that is he's generally better than most of the ERL top laners, but he's not actually good enough to be a force at LEC level. That doesn't he's mean... chosen to not take spots in LEC. Now, yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that he wouldn't have done well or poorly or whatever, but he chose to stay in yep. calming court now that can inform maybe some of the mindset yes exactly exactly but i also i just don't think he's that good i think he's fine he's not bad he's definitely one of the better erl top laners but i don't think he's special and he's not going to be a win condition best, on this team he was slamming erl oh like yeah there was actually on the reckless roster the only reason <coughs> that team was winning is because cabashaw was dunking so hard yeah, um, that was Lee Sin top era, I think, because and he was... has always been a Lee Sin top player. But... And he was better than Adam in EU Masters when uh... BDS and coming Core yeah. were playing off. Yeah, um, and Adam was good and is a currently a good, even though he has extreme strengths and weaknesses, a good LEC player. So yeah, he has had moments where he's been strong. I do not currently Ooh. think this uh, version of Cabo Shard is good enough. Yeah, go on. Nightmare. There's there's one other point I want to chuck in here, which is the Yamato Cannon argument as well now yamato typically his history in teams has been gets players on the same page very quickly yep. they start to plateau after a certain amount of time though now if we then kind of feed that back into what i was saying is like well actually you know this team needs to get started early really because the pressure on this team is going to be very high but i think they can ride that momentum well i think we've seen that at various tournaments before where they build very well into splits and, and into tournaments or whatever if Yamato can get these players on the same page and maybe cut some of these issues off in, like at the very start, if someone like Targamas, who is... I mean, if you look at the old XL vlogs, vlogs and stuff like that, when he obviously had the absolute mental boom split and whatever, that's what you want to avoid. I think Yamato's a pretty good choice if you want to get this team working early. But 
that's a bit more kind of hand wavy argument. But given what we've seen of Yamato Cannon teams before, something just to kind of put a pin on the board. Yeah, no, I, I agree that, that I can see the logic behind Yamato. I wouldn't personally have gone there, but I get the idea that you've got a lot of uh, players who are sort of misfits in different ways as well, that you're kind of trying to get on the same page. But I do think ultimately this team building is the team's downfall. I think upset Targamas is a very weak bot lane. I think upset is a good player. I think Targamas at points in history has been a good supportive player of a style, but they will not be strong in lane. They also have two horrible personalities when it comes to some kind of synergistic partnership. Targamas is a mute. An upset is, I'm not going to bother prefacing this by putting it nicely, is a whiny resource heavy uh, AD carry who is going to be competing for resources with other members of his team. I do not oh, he's think... He's a very good Lucian though, so maybe it'll make up for it. He's a very... Look, upset's a good player, man. He's a good AD carry. I, I, I rate him, but I just don't think the team construction helps him and i don't think the team construction really helps anyone on this team i think the biggest victim on this team is going to be saken who i think is a very functional mid laner i think he's good enough to play lec i think he's going to see uh troy collapsing around him so yeah i don't like this team at all i think the construction is horrible and then of course you throw in Bo, who presumably still can't speak particularly great english um and david the thing saken older than the caps yeah, I mean that's crazy, mate. Super that, that's people fucking, talk about that bonkers, eh? people like, talk about super like super's a prodigy. He's like two and a half years older than Kazi or whatever. So yeah, you know, it's... man, I'm I'm just saying. Yeah, like, yeah, no, it's, like, it's, it's, it's... Faking being one of the oldest players in the league, but being like completely new to the league. Well, not completely new. You get what I'm point my point. Um, that's just. I do think though that it kind of shows in a positive aspect in that i do think saken's a very mature player in terms of how he plays the game in general i think he's very measured in like the risks he takes and like pushing the envelope when he knows he needs hey, to I carry think we'll play one one three <laughs> well yeah that'll uh, Bro, put I, you through puberty I've real seen, quick I, i've seen that man play with one one three he can play with ball now yeah. will they make the best out of each other that's a completely different question but you know if you can do it for one one three during that era of kc like Bull's not less or more extreme sure. like, than that. But anyway, so me and Kira think they're shit. Nymera thinks they're going to win Worlds. Uh, let's move on to the eighth spot. Who's going to win uh, the social media number game on this one? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so who do you have at eight, Nymera? Uh, I haven't done my ninth yet. Oh, wait, yeah, Max sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, my yeah. ninth is I actually switched this around because I was thinking about it a little bit more and I felt really bad putting the team, which I did have in ninth there. So I'm just bumping them up one. My ninth place is SK Gaming. Sorry, did you just move a team based on feelings? What's happening here in Nightmare? Well, I, I had a rethink. I had a rethink. It wasn't based... Okay, yeah, no, it wasn't based on feelings. It's just like I, I revisited what I thought about ninth and eighth and I thought um, as being a bit... I, I'd, I'd kind of overstated maybe one or two um, factors for the, the team which I'll now put in eighth. But for ninth, I put SK Gaming. Okay. And what's the reasoning here? What do you like, not like? Um, I think that SK have a bit of an issue when it comes to people who are going to be out and out carries. Um, I think that Isma has some upsides. The problem is, is that jungle pool right now, in the same way that we're talking about how super for Mad Lions actually a very good ad carry especially for erl level just a very stacked role um within the lec i think isma was actually pretty good at erl level yeah i don't know if he's gonna do awesome at lec level because of the level of the junglers that we have here niski is obviously a bonus to your jungler because it's niski he plays for jungler 
But the problem is, if this is going to become <coughs> about mid lane laning phase being very important from the early game, that's not Niski's strength. He's very good after your first reset or two, and then you get to level six and you start playing around your jungler at that point. If the game has already been impacted an awful lot before that point, you're going to start losing out to, well, a lot of the different mid laners here, actually. I think that, you know, you've got, obviously, you've got your, your, your elite ones like Larson, Humanoid Caps, and whatever. I think even some of the um, incoming mids, like I think Jackie's is known to, you know, he's actually a bit of a solo queue prodigy right now. So the early laning is going to do. Exactly. Oh, yeah. The laning is going he's to be a, a bit of an issue. So I'm a bit worried on that front. I think Exekindos is going to be okay in the 2v2. I'm just really worried about what happens in terms of who's taking the resources um from draft putting them into early laning phase giving a platform to play off of and then getting to build towards a mid game on that point um yeah that's my vague feelings on this team i suppose i do actually like quite a lot of the individual players i like irrelevant i think he's actually a pretty solid top laner um i'm just i'm not entirely sure if he's going to be playing stuff like you know the ad carries top lane or the carries top lanes like your jaxes and whatever which are still very strong right now on the on the uh, the new season patch yeah um, if it comes down to like a NAR meta or whatever, then yeah, Relevant's going to be really good. I just don't know whether he's going to be a top lane carry at that front. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of worried about where the real powerhouse on this roster is going to be. And if you don't have one, then it falls apart a bit. So I have SK a bit higher. Um, I Where do I have them? Uh, da, 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 da. I have them... I have them seventh. Uh, the reason I have them seventh is because I think that... Most of their pieces aren't spectacular, but they're solid. And I also think that while Niski being more isolated in the 1v1 mid is not like ideal, I do think he is someone who can take the biggest advantage of the new map um, because his understanding of side lanes, his picks for influencing side lanes, the fact that we now have to deal with this the receded bushes and these super thick walls and he plays things like the TF... Um, I do think that helps them. Um, I also think Isma's pretty good. I think he probably was the best player for me, probably on, on the Movistar yeah, e ERL team. So I think he'll be fine. I don't see him having like... I, and, and the players around him are, are very solid um, in terms of gaming fundamentals and also communication. So I don't think he's going to have like some horrible baptism in the LEC. I think he's going to be quite comfortable. Isma I think... plays Nocturne, doesn't it? Yeah, he does. And that's yeah. going to be permabanned yeah. from everyone. Exactly, spot, yeah. Because it's uh, an Oxen combo. And, but even if you attract a permaban, that's obviously useful in itself, right? And also, uh, yeah, I think the bot lane is just solid. I think X-Kick is a good AD carry. I do not think DOS is particularly good, but he's okay. He's not going to, like, turb, like chain in a bunch of games or something. He's, you know, you, you would have liked to see an upgrade there. But again, it's Europe, baby. We don't have any fucking supports, do we, apparently? So uh, it is what it is. So, yeah, I just think this is this team is more solid than a lot of the other teams and that's the thing it's like i think there are so many potentially terrible teams that i think they will float just above the surface in that sense so that that's where i have sk uh kira where where do you have sk it so here's the sk angle this is and this is like a like a point to be proven Nitsuki basically needs to show is he actually the jungle whisperer or did he just play with like the best jungler for like okay so we'll go like go through them you know he had blabber considered probably the best jungler in any yeah. for a variety of different reasons okay then he had Niske, uh, a lawyer right probably the best jungler in europe during his uh, uh, tenure and obviously the contrast between a lawyer's per performance with who was it in spring uh 
how was it the midliner that was in well, spring Rika. and then Rika, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Then you've seen a lawyer with Rika, then you've seen a lawyer with Neske, and it went from being like, you know, MVP candidate a lawyer to you know, I mean, compared to like not so great a lawyer, and you're like, oh, and everyone was like, oh, it's Neske, Neske, Neske. And he also played with uh Bwipo when Bwipo converted to jungle badge. Yeah. I think Bwipo was quite a good jungler, yeah, independent of anything. So maybe not like the best, but like pretty good. So, you know, you've got a completely rookie juggler in Isma. He's gonna make probably loads of mistakes. I'm really interested to see and what, you know, he's gonna be able to do and can is the narrative actually real, you know what I mean? And it's gonna be a great opportunity to prove it. They have potentially the be- one of the best top players in the league, but unfortunately he's playing top lane in Europe. Uh, I still pretty, pretty much hold that like top lane is unbelievably mental broken, <coughs> but Irrelevant doesn't really play their unbelievably mental broken champion right now. I don't think Irrelevant really plays Rumble unless I am absolutely inting my like head off here. Does it? I'm gonna go check. Um, it's not what I ascribe to him, but I can't remember his entire like um. Rumble. He has played one game of Rumble and lost it. Yeah, I was right. Okay, so yeah, you know I mean. These are things that Irrelevant is going to have to find a new face in this uh, this new era. You know, are you going to permaban Rumble? Oh, I was wrong year? about the Jax thing, by the way. He does play Jax, but yes, about the, yeah, the, the Rumble stuff is, is the other side of it. So yeah, I misspoke earlier on the So, like, you know, as he, you know, Irrelevant is going to have to find a new facet to his game. You know, there's now an Udyr pick that a lot of people are going to have to pick up. There's a Rumble pick. And Europe's never been good at facilitating carry tops and a relevant well, probably unless put... it was 2015 with Huni, that was like the one we've had. <laughs> yeah, that was that was just bring bring rain or talk. Um and so you know what I mean he's playing in the wrong era. Exakick for me, he has a really explosive winter and then he kinda of petered out spring and summer to the point where he was never bad, but he left the elite tier where in winter I thought he was like excellent and he carried so much of the burden on SK gaming. And then in spring and summer, he kind of like petered out to a point of where like, you know, you're looking for him to possibly like not take more risks, but look for like the killer edge fights that Karzu would to give his team like a chance. I feel like that kind of went away and he allowed more and more of the games to like peter out before he brung his like uh, effect to bear on it. And so when I look at this team, I see a lot of passivity actually, which is one of like the big issues for me of like who's and on what picks and on who is going to actually like be like the risk takers and how what team identity is this team going to play because you know this team could be like an interesting like 1v131 team with a relevant and Niski inside okay but the problem is is, is like facilitating a, a 1v31 team you've got a rookie jungler and DOS and that's not something I've ever really seen before. Like, SK Gaming weren't particularly good at, like, midsection holds beforehand. Now you'd be, like, consistently committed to it. So, you know, for me, they're not so much low down because I think they're strictly bad. It's just that there's a lot of questions on what they have to do. And when there's a lot of questions about something, this is what I talked about when XL played, like, G2. <coughs> when there's lots and lots of questions about something, I actually think finding solutions is a lot harder than, you know, like, the clear and narrow path that's shown before you. And so that's why I've kind of got them lower than a lot of other people. Fair enough. Right. Let's talk about my eighth place team, which I did suspect most of you, well, either and or both of you, would have above where I put them. I have heretics. Uh, the reason why I have heretics here, and I, I know a lot of people are like very excited about heretics. Um, it is kind of like a plebeian Reddit-created team, in my opinion, in so, some certain respects. And here's the thing. Even though I have heretics eight, uh, on this tier list. This tier list is projecting like the season as a whole. 
right? I actually think Heretics will have a fast start in winter because yeah. they have a lot of smart players and experienced players who are going to be good at adapting to the changes and the map. So if they make top four in winter, I'm not surprised at all. So this is not a winter tier list. This is a LEC 2024 power rankings, whatever. So I just oh. think this team will fall off a cliff at a certain point. I don't believe in the players um, as they currently are. Um, and I don't like the construction of this team at all. Let's just go through it very quickly. Wonder to me is like, again, it's been said a million times. It's not like he's bad or something, but this he's is not solid. This is not 2019 Wonder. He is a top laner. And I do not think Wonder is going to be someone who's going to benefit in these isolated 1v1s, particularly. I think Wonder is someone who's going to get his shit shoved down his throat when he plays against an Adam, for example, because Wonder cannot counter anything that Adam has for him. I also think players like Photon will abuse him. I think the current rendition of Odwamne will abuse him in certain matchups. I think that he is just there to be had at this point. And I do not think the meta um, favors him at all. I'm not going to speak too much on Jankos. I do still think Jankos is excellent. I think he's one of the best junglers, one of the smartest junglers. He will be a huge reason why I think they will be up there in winter. Perks, I'm not a believer. I'm sorry. I, I think... I'm not going to say like, oh, he's washed and terrible or whatever, but I just don't think he's a good mid laner at this point in the context of LEC. And my big problem with the bot lane, um, you know, people will always bring up my amazing list that I still stand by when it comes to Flax. But I actually think Flax is good and worthy of his place in LEC currently. Like, he had a great last I, year. I have no, no issue with, with Flax being the AD carry on this team. I have a big issue with him being partnered with Kaiser, who for me has not shown anything at all since, since fucking when, really? Like the first split with El Yoya, he was good. Like, nah, for me, Kaiser's just not it. Very lucky to be in the league, in my opinion. I think there are still players... Um, your Parises, your Kaisers, uh, Kaisers, your uh, Camilliuses, these other players who I would definitely have taken a punt on overtaking Kaiser. So I do not like... I mean, the, the advantage he obviously has here is that Jankos is now his jungler. So yeah. he gets to have played with yep. two of like the fucking goats of EU jungle. Congratulations, Kaiser. But uh, yeah, I do, I do not like this team at all in terms of the long haul. I do not think they will make worlds. I do not think they will contest to make worlds without lineup changes. Um and yeah, I just not not a fan. And the thing is, even though you could put this as another high variance team, I like the other teams that have high variance more than I like this team's chances of high variance. So yeah, I project them, project them to be top four in winter and then do absolutely nothing uh, the rest of the way. Uh, Nymera, what do you make of this team? Um, I don't have them much higher. I have them seventh. So you have them eighth. I have them seventh. Um, I have a lot of worries about Kaiser as well. Yeah. Um, I think that Kaiser... Um, so from everything which I've heard from, from players and around the scene, one of the problems with Kaiser is somewhat of an EU support problem rather than necessarily an individual unique problem. Of course, he's still not great at this. He's not very talkative at all. He's a very, yep, he's very a quiet support. Now, one of the reasons he looked great on um, Mad Lions when he was there was of course with Elio and Elio had a very certain game plan that he wanted to go for most of the time largely which was getting into enemy camps to, to take them away even if he's not on a carry jungler the extra resources even on something like a trundle he'd use very well and he would use Kaiser to get to that point as well um, the other thing was that Kazi is one of the most vocal support um, AD carries within EU so he kind of controlled what the bot lane needed 
rather than the support calling that at the same time. So there were two people that were covering up large patches of his game, and we've seen since that point Kaiser struggle to know where he is on the map. I think that um, he's had multiple times where it feels like he's very disconnected from jungler and, and whoever else. Um, and laning phase has gone down the absolute gutter. Um, yeah. So I think that's going to be a huge issue. I think that the top side of the map for me is very exciting in a lot of ways in terms of the historical angle for it, but in terms of actual explosive carry power, in the same way that I'm worried about SK, you have a lot of solid players with some really good aspects about them, some great aspects about them. I don't know who's really going to be taking huge amounts of resources and doing huge amounts of damage. That's probably going to be on Flackered, but if your laning phase is already kind of in the gutter because Kaiser's there, then that kind of works against that point. There's a hope that Perks gets LeBlanc in a handful of games and just carries that because LeBlanc is super broken right now, both in AD uh, variant particularly. But I don't know if that's going to be particularly available. Um, after I think that Jankos it's, it's is, gone after is, this week, isn't it? Isn't it only going to play one week on the AD nonsense? I'm pretty sure it's pretty broken in in-houses right now. I don't know what's going to happen. No, it's, um, it's still broken. It's broken okay. on... That's the thing, because yeah, they reduced... And, and, a, they, they reverted a lot of the attack speed changes, so <laughs> they're just very, very good with, like... Yeah, so i think like there's going to be some picks which some teams are going to have perm ban from them or they'll get a couple of games of them and then people will realize oh we probably should have banned that i think leblanc will be that for team heretics um i think that jankos will be you know on top of the early game pathing and figuring out new stuff because he's a very intelligent player i just don't know who you bat and pass to like after you've done that early game stuff who are you setting up for success um I don't know if these players are going to be at a level where they can take an, an early gank or two early ganks and then run away with the game. Um, a wonder, I think, will be okay. I think that top lane in the EU, as, as Kira said, is not particularly well-activated role. I think you've got some players like Photon and Broken Blade who can do some pretty ungodly things up there. Top lane's in a weird spot right now uh, because Gordrinker and Sunderer are both gone, so some champions have moved about in priority. Uh, you see a lot of Titanic Hydra builders, which are a bit more towards like earlier seasons where you were somewhat tankier, but in terms of raw HP. And jungle as well, though, as well. And jungle as well. So basically, ty Titanic Hydra, Shinzao, and Renekton, and stuff like that, they're looking pretty good. <coughs> so maybe Wonder will have some like off bruiser champions, which he can return to and, and, you know, return to a level of form on them. I don't think Wonder's going to be bad. I don't think Perks is going to be bad. I just don't think they're going to be carries that they need. So I can't really rank them that much higher than this. Yeah. Where do you have them, Kira? Seventh, I actually agree with a lot of Nightmare's sentiment. I think the top side is going to be coordinated, but like execution could be like a problem. I'm actually a bit higher on Kaiser, and I'll give you the reason why. Because the the things you just talked about, oh, he was at his best when he had a talk of ADC, Karzi, which engine oh, that for flat, actually, yeah. right? <laughs> and then, you know what I mean? And if Yankos could tell him where to be in the map, like, not that I don't know how many games it's going to win, but I, this is a problem. I don't know how many games the good things about a team is going to actually win them. But I can, the I can will win them like one game. <laughs> no, but I can tell you like what I think the team will be like good at more accurately. Like if they can bring Yankos and Kaiser to Perks's lane, Perks loves abusing numbers advantage. He's actually one of the best players in the region, and a lot of people talk about it as a downside. It's like oh, you have to bring people to your lane to win, right? Okay, whatever. But. He's like really good at like leveraging it. And there was a version of Perks for me last year in winter who was like the best mid laner in the league. He was like pumping out like lots and lots of damage. And yeah, Vitality went to like absolute shit. But there's like still a version of like Perks that can maybe be like a, more of like a sublime carry threat. The, uh, the reason I've got them so low is I just don't know who's going to take all like the risks. 
Is this team going to have good like synergy? And here's the thing that that's a big point in their defense. I think this team is going to catch so many throws. No, I think fairly. the really inexperienced <laughs> I think against the really inexperienced teams who like get themselves into the, the 5k, 6k, two dragon up area where they like fumble the baron and stuff like that. I think they, those people are going to throw into this team so much because they are going to be so prepped to catch. The same reason though I was talking about other people not being good in in-houses, I put some respect on his name. Yankov looked unreal in in-houses in some of his games. Like, unbelievable. Like, I can't believe how good he looks in a lot of the in-houses. Like, it's a completely different player. Now, again, I'm not wanting to put too much stock into it, but... One of my biggest criticisms of Yanko's last year wasn't like his map setups and stuff like that. It was all to do with like how poor his team fighting was uh, and for Team Heretics. And that looked just in from in houses, so caveat at that, it looked so much better. His target selection, his spacing, like his coordination in terms of like uh, who he's going on with like other people, it all looked like really, like really crisp. Oh. Like, a caveat on the team fights from last year in that sense though is that he was on a team that kind of needed him to be the sole engage and it really meant that he over had to overextend for those engages. So there's some caveats nah, I'm, there. I'm talking so. about him walking in like solo as Trundle and getting himself like solo killed. Yeah, like, I, I'm, that was some bad I'm moments there, But there are caveats on like a handful of games. Maybe. Uh, but fair enough. I'll say uh, the, the thing by the way, like my, pro my issue with like the Kaiser thing is when... I think Kaiser, relative to other players in the league, has more laning issues than he used to when he was on that first rendition of Mad Lions. And you're talking about yeah, like, but you're you're talking about like going three man mid. You can't go three man mid if you lane like Kaiser does currently. Yes, You'll, like he's not going to be there. He's going to be. He's under turret one yeah. yeah, but like, but still, like, like I've seen, I have seen Flack <laughs> on the target math lineup play a variety of like 1v, 1v2, like 1vx like sides of like the map. I'm not saying they're, it's going to be as clean as it was on G2, but I'm saying is that these players, I have seen some of the winning skill sets, like that it can all come together and there is a sort of like fit in my head. But remember, I'm not even saying it gets them that many games. I've only got them at seventh. I'm just speaking about like their upsides. Yeah. I, I just don't know how many games that wins is mm. the issue. Like that's like the problem. There's so much to like winning League of Legends where you can do very like <coughs> positive stuff. The problem is, is like you seen it last year, how much positive stuff in the early game did Jankos Doom do for Team Heretics across the whole of the year? It was unbelievable. How many games did it win? Yeah, I mean, th th yeah, this Barely is the thing. any. Th this is the thing, and I think that I'd sort of end on on that. That I think there are two things which make heretics like a threat in winter. One is their vast experience and the fact that there's a whole bunch of changes. And two, the other thing that you said, which is obviously as an extension of that, you're going to see loads of teams fumbling, and heretics are probably the most mentally best equipped team to catch those fumbles. So yeah. I do think that's their upside. And as I said, I do think heretics will finish relatively high in uh, in winter but but probably not beyond that right let's talk about your seventh place team then oh wait no that's your i have yeah, an eighth era. place team to talk about still oh sorry and whatever I've, like, you're, yeah you're so i've team. i've been re this is where we're getting into the bit of the weeds really because there are a lot of teams where you can notice flaws but then you're trying to stack up against the flaws and the positives of the teams obviously you have to do that right to an extent trying to look ahead to the current meta is going to be it's going to be a weird one. So 
I was wondering about putting BDS eighth. I'm not. I'm going to put Rogue in eighth. Ooh, um, okay. Because I'm still quite worried about a couple <coughs> of the players here. I love Larson. I think he's a great player. I don't think he's the kind of player to take over the map from early game laning phase and mid lane. He gets gold for himself in early game laning phase, but I don't think he's going to be fighting at the early objectives to the level which I think mid lane needs to in the next season, so that's looking ahead to the meta. The thing which I think is very variable about this team is what kind of form is this bot lane going to come out in? If we're going to get comp from last year... Comp looks terrible. Comp is, look, is going looks, to be a bit of an issue. In in-houses, as you've awful. been saying, he's, he's been... He's had some some pretty bad games. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to put too much st stress on that. But just ah, in the no, games we saw last year, um, Comp had some really really bad games. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen him be the laning god into the team fight god. I think he has some picks which are going to be very very good in terms of his Callista is historically very strong. I'm sure that will give Rogue some power in the draft. And a lot of what this meta is going to be. Um, from what I'm seeing across, you know, um, but it the APAC and houses and, and stuff like that. There are, what you realistically want to be doing across most of your lanes is getting Void Grubs and then hitting Tower for the Void Grub buff, which is so good at taking turrets. You don't have Herald for the initial charge onto the turret anymore, but if you're going to get Tower Plates, if you have a lane like a Caitlyn lane, which is perma-pushing in and hitting turrets, they're going to get so much work done out of that. If your bot lane, even with Zoelis coming in, who was incredible in the LFL, I don't know if he's going to be. I don't know if he's going to be enough in a laning phase with with comp to really make the most out of that though. If comp is still kind of um, kind of struggling with that, I think Segenda's pretty good. I think he's going to be fine. Um, I just think again the problem is that viewing top laners in Europe is it's top lane in Europe. The teams don't really activate that role very well. So that kind of leaves you with like Marcoon and Zoelis maybe looking for like early game explosive plays and I don't know if they're going to be at the level that they need to do that successfully consistently across LEC this year. So I'm I'm quite worried for Rogue. Yeah, so I actually initially <clears throat> when I was putting my tier list together I had Rogue higher, considerably higher than I had them now. In fact at one point I think I had them third. Uh, I now wow. have them sixth. Um, yeah. The reason why I had them third was my logic was that a lot of the early game I still felt was going to come down to like um, junglers smart early pathing. But actually, the more I look at it, the less I'm seeing that automatic connection where I'm like, Marcoon's definitely going to have good early games here. I've not seen enough from Marcoon of late where I'm like convinced as much by you that struggle anymore. struggle at the end of last year. Uh, yeah. And also zoli's like this is the thing so for, again people who don't watch the erls zoli's in spring last year was the best erl support he was, was incredible fucking great summer sure the whole team was like not nearly as good as they were but he was not great and again this is like <sighs> Insider info, I guess, like to a certain extent, but like every single person I've talked to has played with Zolis has said the exact same thing about Zolis. And basically, this guy is like a mess in competitive games. Like when it comes to a communication standpoint, a mental standpoint, um, he it, it's it's not looking good. And the problem is you're pairing that with Comp, who has not looked like Malmo Comp ever like even like before malmo and after malmo just never again has that guy uh he's just ceased to exist as far as we can see so bot lane i think is not looking good when you compare it to the other bot lanes um and then segenda 
who I've never been particularly high on. I don't think he's like a bad player or anything like this, but he's someone he's who he was meant to be a like eastern style player in the lec that's how the people who were high on segenda were like pitching him when he first came into the league because of the picks because of the the fiora and the like the the lane uh psychopathy or whatever like it just but it just never came into fruition at all like he had a couple of like good lanes or whatever but it was he was never this super lane dominant player and then outside of lane He's fucking awful. He's so bad. He is the worst top laner in the league at understanding side lanes. And he's horrible around... That's a big point, actually, yeah. He's horrible around, like, team fighting and objectives. He's just I not his good. Early, his early lane is pretty good. And I think if you put him on something like Nah, like, he's going to get value out of it. And in the current meta where you can walk up and hit turret as Nah with Void Grub kind of buff on But listen, to, listen to what you're saying, though, Nymera. I agree. Like, this is what you're saying. We're talking about Segenda on Nah. <laughs> Fucking nah. Great. I can't believe Evi was in the league and Zagenda's catching this. No, but, well, yeah, he was but, playing it, a different role. And Evi, Evi was catching Evi was catching everything. Let's not pretend like Evi got a pass. Evi was catching fucking gotta everything. we got to do this when I'm on the show. Fuck exactly. No, I, but, I, I, it's going to come up. And also, Zagenda, like, I've been very consistent. On, so, again, like, this is the thing, and I agree. I'm, like, we're talking about him hitting a turret using Nar. That was not what the Segenda that was promised. That was yeah. that. That is just, you might as well have take the fucking nameplates off and be Bob from Swansea. It doesn't fucking matter that point does it so to me segenda is just enough complete nothing burger and larson for some reason has signed his life away to be on this team for the next trillion years i i don't understand it at all um as i said i think there were ways that you could like you can sort of go the opposite way where you say i do believe that segenda is a really good lane and he'll be better this year and marcoon's a good early game jungler and if you couple that with assuming that comp will come back to form and he's got a really talented support next year, but then you've got last in the mid lane i can see how someone can say and in conclusion third place or whatever i get it but i also think if you look like slightly beneath the surface then i just lose yes. more and more I think faith initially i had this team like up at something like fifth or something and then the more i thought about it, it was like well actually not <laughs> sure that they're gonna combo up well here well actually what's their early game inspiration gonna like well okay what's happening with the yeah. lane phase it's just like it, this team again this again it's gonna be a common theme for there are a lot of the picks here there's a lot of variation but just i think the problem is just where i see them on average sitting out i just don't see where their firepower is gonna come from no like, and i think and even with larson i feel like larson is the wrong style of mid laner for yeah. like to bring up the rest of the team with him i actually think if they had like a more of a cap style mid that would be better on this team um so yeah i don't like it uh at all and yeah, I'm. I've got them sixth. Where Where do you have Rogue, Kira? Back. Basically, just because of Larson and potentially a couple of games from Zai. I think getting rid of Malrang's huge because historically Markun's actually been not bad in EU standard of facilitating top laners. He he made Finn look human for a period, and you know it was part of the rise of irrelevant <coughs> into you know. Oh, he did the thing like level, level four. He would gank top lane every game in his first split and um, then obviously. Yeah. yeah, so like, I think there is upside for like Markun. I have seen this team play as five at in house and it was hilariously bad. Like, so I'm not wanting that to like admire me too much. Same with like comp. I would say my intelligence on Zolas, I would uh, bow to your wisdom on the standard of what he is. But basically, this team is like the uh, media, like the the mid-ground of, like, lukewarm LEC, where you have 
an unbelievably like the gold standard player for me in terms of like Larson. However, the pieces around them do not actually fit what Larson wants to achieve as a team. Larson couldn't be on like a worse team fit right now, particularly if he tried. And to me, this is like top lane or bust because this is a team that's sixth. However, they could probably lose to a bunch of the teams lower than them in a variety of different ways. And if I look at the teams that are above them, the way they're going to lose versus all of them is bot lane. I do not know how this team's bot lane beats any of the bot lanes above them outside of the team that I have at fifth. And that's the problem. And that's why I can't have them, even though I want to have them higher, I have just seen bot lane be too dominant. Because I, I need to base my assessment around the region that I'm in, not the region that I like. I wish EU was. You know what I mean? You need to understand that, yeah, the per this person could be... 2018 the shy in top lane is going to win less games here than it is but if you have godzilla bot lane in eu right now right that is going to win you so many games because just it's just the way right now the region works things can change but i have not seen any evidence to the contrary and so i must base my assessment around reality and that's basically how i go i wish larson could escape I think the meta really suits him. He, he was already borderline. Like, people are going to be trapped in hell mid lane versus Larson. For, like... Because the whole mm -hmm. idea that Larson's passive, he isn't. He's actually massive. It's just because other people take risks and yeah. they're actually, like, poorly yeah. timed. Where, like, Larson takes risks that, like, make sense in the conditions of where, like, junglers on the map. He's actually really selfless. Like... Kind of reminds me of how people viewed LNG as like, oh, they're just doing, they're just, they're just a, a methodical slow team. Well, they're not actually slow. They're methodical, yes, and that's why it makes it seem slow because they're doing things on a. It's kind of like intuitive. So they're not doing something massively out of order, and then Caps has shown up in a lane which no one else would show up in. Like Larson, you know, he does the right stuff with his lane pressure. He's he's making the right choice. It's just that because it feels very intuitive, you can sometimes overlook that. And, and it's the full thing when, when I, obviously I, I was watching like all of like the Azir deaths and like the uh, all the Azir deaths in LACs. It's like only Larson's like actually like m even made like a modicum of like sense, like <laughs> um, the variety of them. But other people's like the way they were dying on Azir was embarrassing. Whereas like Larson's, it was like oh he'd been TP flanked or he tried to shuffle to win like a fight. It's like how the aura of his, his the idea of him being like passive is like such a big meme is because he and as a downside in teams that are like this don't get me wrong as a downside he will not take risks that will like put himself into a hole for like the benefit on the upside that it benefits his team yeah but like it's not something i really generally try and flop like players too much for um considering the standard of his team uh, hopefully rogue's better than than what it looks like on paper but i i I couldn't put them any higher than this. I, I do think that Larson is cautious in lane, but I don't think cautious means the same as passive. I think yeah. it means that he will maybe not go for the aggressive trade unless it's like 80-20 in his favor, but that doesn't mean he's passive. He will aggressively go for that trade, but he's not going to take trades that he like, thinks watch, could put him behind. Well, as you said. Like, watch, Lar like, watch Larson's Ori. Watch Larson's uh, Ori, his, uh, what's it called, his Lucian... Um, uh, what's the other one that he plays? Uh, well, Victor he plays a lot of. Yeah, like his Victor, right? That idea of these like picks, are, like in terms of like a passive, is because he won't like take like a health trade that like destroys his jungler, right? When other people in EU are just so selfish, they they don't give a fuck about the state who, where their jungler is. They're taking the health trade regardless. Like humanoid will do used to do this all used to do this all the time, and it's like one of the things that causes disjunction between him and uh. 
I, I don't know why I'm blanking on names today, guys. Uh, what's his jungler called right now? Spanish one. Razork. Razork. It's what caused a lot of the this, this junction. It's like humanoid will health trade. Regard, and, you know, Razork's actually setting up for like a bot dive and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, I find it hard to throw against them. But to me, this is more a team that's going to be, it's like all muscle. It's what each individual player can do for themselves. And then you kind of try and get it over the line rather than that's they're actually being like been... a clean... That's kind of been the rogue identity. Yeah, no, man. The players have just got worse. The meta which worked out very well for them was when, you know, Larson and Comp were very much <coughs> on form when they got like two, three items, which is why actually for the iteration with Malarang, Malarang would just do the most random shit to like draw fire. And like, I'm not saying it was the best, but like it worked for that identity because it was a way to get their carries online. I don't think you really have that allowance and you didn't have it last year, which is obviously why. Yeah, you didn't have it last year at all. Early game became just such an important um, part of the game, even more so. And then also coming into this year, I think that early game in terms of the early game objectives that you're fighting for, um, I think you can't you can't allow them to go away. I don't think you can allow them to go over for free. And I'm very worried about what happens with this rogue roster if they don't have like really good jungle support synergy or mid-jungle synergy. And I think those are things which I need to really see I'm not sure they're going to be there from the start of the season, and I'm quite interested to see how that builds as it goes on. One thing I would say, like, that's, you know, semi-positive, is on paper, it is a team that has upgraded, in a sense, because I do think that even all the previously stated issues that supposedly exist, exist with Zolis, I think his ceiling is high, and I think Avian was poor, and I think that Maorang just couldn't stay on this team, and I think Markun has some obvious strengths, even if... Maorang's gone to Brazil, right? Not sure. I think he's gone to Brazil, Merlin. Um, sounds about right. Sounds sounds like he's found his level. Uh, anyway, um, right. I think we have someone's seventh place team. Have we? I've talked about seventh because that was my heretics. No, my heretics. Oh, okay. So sixth. Someone's sixth place team. My rogue. Mine's rogue. Nymira. Mine is Giant X. Ah, so okay. That's, so that's a new one. So Giant X. So currently my list is Mad, SK, Rogue, Heretics, <coughs> Giant X. This team is so weird for me to place um, because um, from everything I've heard about scrims around Europe, they are like the scrim gods right now. Obviously, I've put them six, so I'm not putting a huge amount of stock in that. But obviously, there's the potential there. From when we've talked about how Peach was reviewed by scouts, there were some teams which were like looking at like numerical de uh, models to try and view who the most valuable players were on the open market, and Peach was really up the top of the table. So there were like some like background atmosphere stuff which really benefits this team but i'm just there are some positives too i think that jackie's is meant to be like this wonder kid coming in from um from solo queue and whatever really good early laner i don't really know much about them on a personal level i've, I've not really had that many anecdotes or any with them really um peach i saw play at emir masters when he was there with uh with uol he was a uh, good graves at that point he you know he's a fun farming jungler he played some stuff like the Lee Sin as well to some effect and then obviously came into the lec and had pretty awful start pretty okay finish actually all things said and done he probably peaked towards the end of last year and he, he was actually not bad um i, I am quite worried as to what happens when you have a newer mid laner and a jungler that's been more variable especially in a meta where you have mid jungle being very very important right now but you have ignar coming in from nrg who actually looked really really good over in lcs actually he's had some really good moments there so there are like positives here it's just a lot of these 
individual points which need to combo up. I need to see Peach and Ignar do well together as a jungle support. I think the creativity is there. I think the champion fall from Peach, if they can utilize that to go towards some more farming junglers as well, I think that's actually something which a lot of teams should be looking towards in the new uh, patch as well. And of course, you've got Odo Amne, who's going to be valuable on top side. He's always going to be valuable. Um, I don't think you're going to look towards Odo to carry, but he has played some Rumble games which have been um pretty good in the last year or so he actually did kind of put his hand up and have some carry games from a point uh, from about the place but like this is a solidly mid-table team for me is the thing i don't really see them having the absolute inspiration to go towards the top of the table but i think they'll be again like most of the teams here they have a series of solid players which i'm waiting to see the combos on but i don't see them having the absolute flaws which are going to like gut some of the teams i have below them no so i have giant x by the way, who was it? Was it one of you who told me the uh, anecdote for why they're actually called Giant X? If not, it's then not I me. can then I can share it with you because it's pretty funny. So basically, originally, this team was going to be called Giants X, which makes a, a bit more sense. But then the reason it wasn't is because the owner of Giants uh, or the general manager, CEO, whatever, one of these people has a young kid or maybe even multiple young kids, and he says, "I can't have a team." named after something which sounds like giant, giant sex, sex. <laughs> so that's why they got rid of the s and called it giant x so oh God. i have to say no one else was really thinking about that so maybe yeah i don't know have a look in the mirror <laughs> who knows i don't know i don't know i just don't know how you thought that would be an issue but whatever clearly they should have just called themselves extra large giants that would have been fucking brilliant or giant but... l or giant have. L, yeah. Like you win or you yeah. Giant, you, whether you win or you lose, you just have like this giant foam L. You just yeah. when you're going over for the handshakes, you pass it down, and when if you lose, they bring it over to you. See, it's yeah. a fucking great thing. Yeah. Win or lose, great content. Yeah, giant L is brilliant. It just fully, you know, but it's hard to build brand these days. And when it's handed to you on a plate like that, you've just got to take it. But I also think extra large giants would be pretty great. But anyway, regardless, so there you go. Fun little pub fact for you. Um, so yeah, I have giant x third uh the reason i have them third well let's start first of all with the coaches i think that bar one horror series which i can't remember off the top of my head what it was where drafting went to absolute shit for some reason i think that uh, hidden, final. hidden and uh cass showed like really good evolution over the course of the year I think, and they weren't even there the whole year. Um, generally, really good drafting, uh, clear identity and playing to strengths. This is one of the best mm. drilled macro teams from like summer of last year. Um, and yeah, I give I give the coaching staff observable props. Obviously, a lot of the times with coaches, we're just guessing or whatever. I think that they have a lot of data already uh, on the table. So I think the coaching staff is a boon that they've, they've kept those guys. Um, I also think this team is like a perfect example of where stats can be useful, but also can be fucking useless. Because for people who don't know, Peach comes out as like the number one best jungler in the fucking universe with all, you know, deep dive stat metrics. Uh, and Jackie's comes up as like the best fucking mid laner in the universe of all stat metrics. Just holistically, if you look at the fucking map, it's really obvious that stats towards mid laners are going to be way more conceptually useful than they are for junglers. Jungle is such a high variance role just in terms of what fucking buff you start at. And generally speaking, a mid lane, sure, you can have three man men come mid, you can have skirmishes and whatever but even more so now with the bushes receding and where pinks are going to be placed and so on the pure 1v1 laning of mid lane 
is going to be more stats are going to be more relevant. So Jackie's is an complete statistical anomaly when it comes to mid lane. This guy on statistical paper, for lack of a better phrase, is a god tier mid laner, and I am led to believe that in actuality he is a god's tier mid laner at least in scrim. So I think by the way small little gripe. So I saw esports maniacos whatever they're called. Again, I don't know why like I don't claim to be like the greatest analyst of League of Legends in the world or something like this. Like lo lot smarter people than me about the game, put a lot more time in and know a lot of this stuff on a deeper level than I do. But why these guys think they have anything like the game knowledge to do these stupid player tier lists that they do every single time where one of two things will happen. Either, spoiler alert, all the Spanish people are top. Oh, who would have guessed? With a, a Spanish community-driven publication that they just always put their people to the top. And secondly, the fact that uh, Jackie's was voted the worst mid in LEC when you have people like Frescovy in the league is fucking laughable. Just fuck off. Don't ever make a list again. You people are a joke. Anyway, with that out of the way, uh, so yeah, I think Jackie's has like very high ceiling, very high he, potential. He wouldn't take the five million from them to hide their hide their name. Absolutely them. not. That, I'd be less likely to take it in that circumstance. Say that. Uh, I think that um, Patrick Ignar is like a really fun looking bot lane. I think that yeah, that's they, a high point for me. They have a lot of like 2v2 pure like trading potential as a, a bot lane, which I think is really exciting. Um, and I think they're just both good players. Obviously, we might get Winter Patrick, which, you know, then all fucking bets are off, I guess, for like the first split. But as I said, this list for me, at least, is projecting over the course of the season. And I think Summer Patrick will emerge, even if he doesn't quite emerge in winter. And I do think that this is a team that will go to Worlds off the back of their firepower i do think they'll between jackie's between their bot lane between oddo being the ever reliable servant that he's going to be in the top lane i think they have enough i do have big question marks over peach in terms of how good he is or whatever one thing that might be a little bit interesting is i'm told that one of the reasons that you know they wanted to stick with peach isn't just because he comes out amazingly statistically but also the jungle support synergy over the course of the year was fucking awful and a big reason for that supposedly was unsurprisingly the language barrier because again for people who don't know peach's english isn't just bad it's bad for a korean playing in the lec like he is he's got some of the worst english of any korean who's ever played in the lec so the fact that his support player speaks korean i actually think is going to be a good thing even also, if on that note too ignar is very creative with what he does so if he can lead peach and just say peach you do this ignar then can kind of like uh kind of cut down the kind of the translation time and be like just communicate his idea because he's leading the play in english and then korean as well yeah um i think ignore is a pretty big bonus to this and out of the teams we talked of so far ignore is one of the <coughs> most creative support options of that list um he has his fluctuations don't get me wrong he's uh, been a bit of an inter in the past um but you know you give him a rakan or a rel or whatever and he's gonna do some pretty fun things with it yeah, you can play fucking blitzcrank still you know th he's got some uh fun fun picks as well and that is the kind of pick that might actually get for a draft because it's really not that good is it uh anyway what? so yeah i think it's a major oh well this guy's like a major like defining pick and like lanes and stuff now it uh it, it beats right. milio importantly milio and lulio like you hook them in Lane's over. I think Blitzcrank is the absolute archetypal champion that regardless of how well you think it's doing in like in-house or how well it appears to be semi-meta or whatever in solo, you will never see it heavily played. I, I think you oh, no, will see it. I think you'll play I think you'll see it played a little bit in LEC 
but probably primarily from Ignar. I think it's a champion yeah. where you need a lot of com it's like a Draven, but for support players, like you need a lot of confidence to play with it because it's not just to have confidence in the pick itself. The champion denotes that you have to play confidently like the whole time throughout the entire game or it's useless. So yeah, I don't expect to see it too much. But yeah, anyway, I think that I think that weirdly, the reason I have them third is also for a similar reason why XL ended up being quite okay in summer last season, which is there's a void of obvious teams that will fill those slots from thirds downwards anyway. So I just see them as a bit. I don't think they're going to be a really good team. I just think that they are probably going to do the best. They're going to be a not bad team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Kira, where where do you have uh, Giant third. X? I've got them at third. So well, I'll go through them. I think as long as the the core has kept like the snap objective call nature that they had from the previous year, I'm holding that that is going to be going to continue. Then you know I think that's good. You know, uh, with me, when I look at like a rookie player like Jackie, uh, particularly when they're hyped, I don't actually care that much about like their laning. This is something that like Kelsey Moser spoke about on Sunstream, and I once she said that, like I really started to believe it. It's so much easier to teach someone to lane matchups because it's much more XO and timing based and like arena based than it is to teach someone to team fight. And Jackie's team fighting is already like pretty good to like maybe great. Like I'm not gonna go too crazy with it. But it's not something as in like it's like a weakness. Whereas I'm like I don't even think his laning's like weak, for example. Where like you know what I mean, I've seen what um Abadagi's laning was able to come become over like the period and it was like you know what I mean, like he was playing out the Azir matchup, like it was mathematical and and it was like uh, you know, mechanical, but it was it was done well, you know. Um so there's a lot of upside here. I think the, my biggest problem is I need to see some level of, like, consistency from Patrick. This, like, being dog shit, like, un, unacceptably bad in winter. Like, not, not even just bad. Like, game-losingly, like, put your team to hell bad. It, you, you just can't. Because if, he if he's going to wipe out entire, like, splits, to only then bother by be good by summer, like, it's almost impossible to consistently have teams built around that. So, I'm basically saying that, you know, there's going to be some consistency from Patrick, you know, he's going to be the third or the fourth or the second best ADC this year, maybe again, and you like, you know, you hope for that. He's got a lot of, like, picks, like the Draven, he plays, he's got a massive ADC champion pool, which I think really suits him <coughs> coming into this split, where, like, there could be a lot of ADC pinch. I don't think it suits Ignar as much, where he's very much more dedicated to hook and engage champs. He, you know, the meme is always Ignar doesn't play enchanters, so, and obviously my worry is, and this is why they don't really go up much further, is like Peach. I actually think Peach is just like a not that good like player generally. I don't care what any stat machine like tells me. I, watching him just in the game, his like choices. XL at time were winning in spite of Peach. I think Peach's like best game I'd ever seen was that Lee Sim one oh, where yeah, he gets yeah. like the triple oh, kill sure. and that. And it was like, yeah, that was one sick game. And it's like, and then what? Like what, like what else did you have for me? Like was he good at objective setups? Like no, not really. Like, was he, like, the winning part of XL? Like, no, not really. Did he have insane synergy with Abadagi, with Odo, with Botlane? No, not really. So, like, really, what... Why have I got Peach here over a variety of other people who could have possible upside? Uh, I think, like, to me, there's a lot more... To, even though they've changed players, there's a lot more, like, coherency left over with, like, XL. And because of that holdover, I've got I'm a, much, a lot more like, biased to having them, like, higher on the list. Though, 
of the good teams, they are one of the ones that if they were like meddlingly like fifth, sixth, it wouldn't surprise me. But I think they should be good. Top lane champion pool is very good for Odo. Like ADC, like you know, what I mean, it fits. Like right now, it's pretty much fit. And you know, we haven't had an extreme jungle meta where like it's like carries and it's like you know Kindred and stuff like that for Peach. You know, Peach can coast on this jungle meta. So I've not really got much else to say. Yeah, right. Uh, we've done all the sixths, I think. Is that right? So. so let's go to my fifth place team, which is BDS. Um, my God. I think I don't know. Like to me, it's it's weird. Like I don't. Know. I feel like if you look at my tier list, right, or any, you know, I, it just makes sense. Like there's not there's not too much new to say here. Obviously, they're one of the lesser changed teams. They switched in ice. Who uh, most of the viewers, again, if you don't didn't watch the URLs, probably don't know too much about. I think the way their thought process works in signing the player kind of tells you all you need to know about this guy, which is they had a list of players who were like very obviously LEC caliber. Like they wanted Kazi, for example, which that is the move they should have tried to go for, I guess. Other than, I'll just throw it in, last time Kazi and Labrador played together, it wasn't a great combo, but whatever. Um, they wanted Kazi, they that couldn't was, get Kazi. <laughs> they exhausted their obvious LEC tier uh options so then they're like we want the best erl uh, ad carry which they believed and i think most people would probably say was bow but bow had already signed with gentle mates so they couldn't do that so they went for the next guy who's kind of like bow light which is ice and i think that is kind of like a fairish representation of of who this guy is uh so can i just say that they went for a guy that things were so bad on bds they literally went and got a guy that doesn't speak English to replace to uh, replace um I'm blanking again I'm, I'm having Crowley. an absolute mayor crowning yeah, like yeah. things were so bad at BDS that they looked at it and they went yes we yeah. would rather have an ADC that literally does not speak English. I mean again it was not Crowley. a it was not a pure in-game performance issue which is why Crowny is no longer in the team. I mean it, again for teams to function i'm not going to pass judgment on whether this is sensible or not but in their well, minds the results will speak for themselves exactly so. for a team to for the team to function better they couldn't keep adam and crowny and crowny was never going to win that battle was he so see you later crowny welcome ice that's the only change um yeah so i don't i i'd be guessing as to how well bot lane's gonna go i really don't know and i've seen quite a bit of ice play and i thought he was good not amazing yeah, he but plays the exact same stuff as Car he plays the exact same stuff as Karzy. He plays Aphelio, Zeri, Jinx, uh, and he also plays some like Jin. Yeah, there you go. He literally stat stick. Another yeah, but... stat stick Korean ADC. Well yeah, done. exactly. Congratulations. We've exactly. He is that's exactly what he. And I was going to say he takes what? less chances than Karzy, but he also is far less likely oh, okay, to one v nine the game. Well, but this this I is the crazy. thing, right? Like, so, so if you're I. viewing as because you know um, you've got Crowny now stepping out of the roster. I think that Crowny had an incredible start to the year. You know, the guy yeah. Zeri and stuff like that, absolutely insane. I think people really are floating a little bit heady on that kind of part of the year, though. Because yeah. if you go back and watch the end of summer, and then also what happens at Worlds, you can guarantee, regardless of whether he is like even or behind, or even when he has five <coughs> kills, he will have one or two crowny oopsies per game. And this is a historical thing. This is not just from this last year, but particularly it cropped up again in Summer and Worlds, where he was 
even when he was in the position to carry, completely losing his team's games. We saw this on Ezreal, we saw this on we saw this on a handful of different champions. It didn't even matter about that. There was Obviously, a fight Ezreal in was world where Korea had outdamaged them. It was just insane. Yeah. So um maybe there were some worries about this. I mean, I th I think there are some gameplay aspects where you just say, look. If you are looking to have someone that will just be more stable in the AD carry role and give less game lo game losing plays in that sense, even though I think Crowny has some incredible carry performances on the other side of that too, particularly on stuff like Zeri and Jinx and whatever, um, and Aphelios, um, maybe there is some value in bringing in just a Korean statistic AD carry like that. Obviously, the bonus of BDS is that you have one of the few activatable top laners in the LEC. I think that particularly when you have a meta where you have the Void Grubs giving you this buff to the entire team, which gives you extra damage against towers um, when you auto-attack them, yes, Adam is going to use that better than pretty much every other top laner in the league. Um, I'm interested to see what happens to Adam's champion pool, though, because top lane on the whole is going to go through a pretty huge amount of changes with itemization of course no gore drinker anymore no sundra I've mentioned that a little bit before adam played a lot of champions which didn't have to build those of course he played stuff which was more like your stridebreaker champions like your garen or your olaf or something like that i'm really really interested to see where that ends up because if you can still have a really strong annoying as hell individual laning top lane champion pool bds are still going to be in a good spot they will be fine will it be league winning I don't think they're at that point. I think that we saw uh, a couple of the, the hallmark flaws of BDS where, you know, if you don't have Adam with an individual lead, game plan kind of falls apart. If Shao doesn't have um, his choice of junglers, he can stop, he can struggle to stabilize the map sometimes when that happens too. Um, I think this top side is still going to be good. I think Nuke has shown that actually he is a pretty good mid laner. Is he going to be the explosive everything mid laner? No, he's kind of like a Larson Light, I would say, which is not a bad thing. Um, but, you know, BDS for me, I, I think that Ice In gives them a bit more solidity in the bot lane at the expense of carry power to maybe activate Adam a bit more, which, of course, has worked for them at Worlds um, for the games which they were winning against, um, you know, with Adam's Garen and the like. I do think that they mid-jungle for me needs to improve on this team if they're going to, like, make Worlds again. I do think yeah. that... And by the way, that's not really a slight. Like, I think Shio and Nuke, considering the points that they were in their career and, like, all the context around it, they had fine years. Like, they weren't bad years. Like, Shio's spring was pretty good. Um, Nuke, I think, uh, was overly hated. I don't think Nuke is as bad as Thank a lot God of people. Thank God they can play Cathy Oh. I don't, I don't think Nuke is nearly as bad as a lot of people have him down as. I think he's completely fine, but I think he needs to be better. And that's not, again, not a criticism. But if your ambition is to go to improve from last year, Nuke needs to improve. Shio needs to improve. I felt like Labrov was kind of the constant on BDS. Obviously, Adam, by definition, is a psychopath. So he's never going to be constant in that sense. But he's a win condition for sure. I think like Labrov was very consistently like a 7.5 out of 10 basically the whole year well, considering where he um, came from as well actually. i think labro was, was good though yeah the best version of bds was when crowning was at the peak of his powers and adam was terrorizing the league right yeah. and the best thing about not <coughs> is he facilitated madness that yeah. like adam and shio wanted to do in the jungles where they just would eat your chicken set your red buff like give you all sorts of fucking league of legends cancer right okay is that team going to continue to do this? You know, you've well, maybe got a more. It's more. It's not enough. That's the, that, that's my problem. It's like now, now that Crowny, yes, Crowny was off form, was already not enough. Now you've replaced him with Ice, yeah. so we'll see how that goes. But unless Ice is really good, 
they don't have enough reliable firepower because Adam is not reliable firepower. Like he's he's very he, he's one of my favorite players to watch, and when he has his S tier games, it's fucking awesome to watch. But they do not have reliable firepower unless mid jungle take a step up and or and or ice is slightly better than I expect him to be, which is basically a middle of the pack, very reliable stat stick. So if that's the case, if he is that, it's not enough for BDS to move. And I think, as I said, fifth seems about right. To me, this is like one of the most like uncontroversial places to put them. Like if you plant them anywhere in like the fourth to sixth, seventh range, it's like an uncontroversial take in my opinion. Which is actually quite interesting because my view of the entire LEC is that, you know, we have a we have a clear top team but then we have a lot of middle of the pack now obviously bds made worlds they had some really good moments um so you can you know they were a top four team if you're viewing it by that they viewed worlds obviously they've gone down a rung which if you then view the entirety of the lec you think actually unexpectedly maybe the rest of the middle of the pack is even if the top end is maybe a bit more fluctuating because maybe the top two teams are two three teams are maybe a little less powerful maybe the middle of the pack is actually just one notch up if bds are not going to be in top four what do you make of that i didn't expect that coming into this list because i think that lc is in a bit of a weird spot i think I, there I are think a lot the of teams need to prove themselves I, but the fact that they've gotten four players who were successful together last year and adc is the most plug and play role in the yeah. history of league of legends is a good thing right and but the problem is is the reason i haven't low is i never thought the problem is, like how much of an improvement am I expecting from Nuk? Like, look at the champions that are being played mid, and do, do I think Nuk's going to be great on all of them? Adam's, like, the only... Uh, this is the caveat I came to. Adam's the only person I give the heathens to where I know he will play his nonsense regardless of, like, what state it's in. So I will always talk about the Adam champion pool, but it's like, is Nuk really going to play Cassiopeia into Nico like, all the time? Like, is that something that's... You know what I mean? Like, with Storm Surge... Have you seen what that item yeah, that like does? Fun. <laughs> like, like, is that something that's really going to be happening? Like, if he does it, you know um, what? Like, more power to him. If he does it and he executes on it, Nuck is a much better player than I'm probably giving him credit to. But we'll you see. Know, Cassiopeia is one of the champions which has taken a bit of a hit with the way that the geography of mid lane has changed exactly. because it is, you know, like the the lane is a much larger place, which means that you can kind of like use your miasma to cut off charadors in a little bit of a weird. It's it's less powerful that way. Your Q can have a bit less power as well because people have more omnidirectional dodges they can go towards instead of being pinned against walls. That Caspia will still be strong though if we get a tank meta mid and people are playing like Renekt and Cassante mid, which is a possibility with tank items being strong. That's a bit of a read on the meta though, but that that's a whole different category. And, and like, I'll be interested to see if like Nox, one of those mid laners, is going to end up stuck on tank duty building the percentage HP, HP magic resistance item. Like, I, I don't know. Like, is that going to be like the future of BDS? The only thing I'm certain about, and I think I like about them, is it is a consistent core with a consistent coaching staff. I've seen they have won games consistently the same over the, the piece, despite of player levels you know they went from being my team declared diarrhea to being one of my favorite mm. teams to watch in the whole league just in terms of the actual like team value of them like i, I actually just wa like watching them because they're a good like team like of terms of players like working together that, that spring that spring bds team and sort of package if you like that was put together and played in spring was legitimately a good team i'm not saying like if they'd won lec you'd definitely say like that's one of the like less spectacular teams to have won it of course but they were a legitimately good team 
And yeah, I, I think, like, what I would say is a bunch of these teams that we're talking about, about being middle of the park, will not, middle of the pack, sorry, they will not reach that level. Like, the vast majority of them do not have the capabilities to, to reach what they did in spring. Like, I don't believe it. So, BDS do have that outside chance, in my opinion, of, like, hitting the upside. But as I said, it all relies, and I think we're kind of on the same page here, it all relies on a couple of players basically getting better at the game and can you really give that as a reason for like placing them higher like i just assume this guy will become better like uh, unless it's yeah. like a 17 year old in his first split who's like needs to iron out a few silly mistakes like it's not really yeah, that situation I think the, the only time you kind of like put real stock in saying you think this player or team will develop is if you think the metal will shift more into their champion pool and you've seen evidence of their champion pool before I've made that assumption with some of these teams saying, well, okay, well, mid lane is going to be X, Y, Z. Jungle might have more farming carries. Maybe that will fail. Obviously, I've said that with Bo, who I've rated quite highly with the Calming Core. Um, and then obviously with coaches who are really good at developing these players too, which is potentially we see something with, I don't know, like uh, Peter Dunn or a Mac or... Uh, or you know, a Mafia, whatever. you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I pick the player to get better, they're going to get better. But the other person, he's capped. Yeah. You know, that's FIFA points a cat. You know? True. By the way, where, Nightmare, where did you have BDS? Uh, fifth. Oh, you have them fifth. I'm I was fifth as well. Oh, we all had them fifth. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, so, equality. So actually, middle of the table. My initial, my initial sort of intro to that is completely spot on, which is when you look at the table and you see BDS in fifth, it just makes sense. Like, there's nothing so else. We spoke about it for 15 minutes, but it was there. all pointless. BDS are the team which moved around the most for me when I thought about other teams, because I was like, well, you know, I thought that BDS are kind of a known quantity to an extent. The other teams are just like, well, we've got a lot of changes going on with meta and everything. I think I had them like seventh and I, I moved them up a bit. And yeah, no, I, I moved I moved them a lot. I moved them a lot. Um, speaking of teams that have moved a lot, my fourth place team, because I think we've all done our fifth place and sixth places yep. now, is Vitality. Um Ooh. So... Vitality is a, another team that were going all over the shop for me because initially I was like, ah, I'm not yeah. in, impressed, I'm not into it. Then I was like, uh, actually, and like Mac and Padden, uh, like, do you do have the same bot lane? Uh, do I trust Yellow Sang? Uh, and I went a bit all over the place of this one, but I think overall this is probably right. Like, so first of all, again, we've already spoken about it a lot, but this the, the concept of like isolated solo lanes matters here a lot it matters yes. positively for photon in a big way because i do believe that photon is going to be able to play all the aggressive meta picks i think he's going to be able to do so with even more uh due confidence than before because of how the lane dynamics are now going to work for vto i think it works slightly in the negative because i do not think he's very good at laning at all um yeah. so obviously that is a minus point you could also say that another minus point is that Douglas is of course a rookie but I do think he looked not bad, yeah. even though they lost Whatever all the games when they came in. Like, they went 0-3 when he came in, but I don't think that those games were on him. So, for me, the jury's actually out, because even as someone who watches a lot of the ERLs, I'd be lying if he was a player that I'd paid particular attention to. So, I'm actually not really I super think I glued up. I some of Douglas's first competitive games, actually, because he played in the UK scene a little <laughs> while ago. And, like... Yeah, he's been around a couple of different places. Yeah, I think he, he played a couple of games in the UK scene. Um, I can't remember if he played in some NLC qualifiers. Obviously ended up like, um, was he in LFL for a little bit after that point? The guy's like well regarded from everyone I know who has played with him around different um, ERLs and whatever. But then again, it's just 
of all the roles to step up in, jungler is the one which is most dependent on your teammates and most dependent on like the meta and stuff like that. Obviously, jungler is changing an awful lot coming into the new season as well, with a lot of their core items being changed and obviously the whole geography of the jungle being changed too, which changes the way that you path. Um, but yeah, I mean, he looked solid in the three games that he played. He was okay, like, and that's actually fine if you're stepping up as a rookie jungler. Like, there are certain levels where, like, if you're stepping up as an AD carry rookie maybe you expect because it's so plug and play to just to, to have a better kind of eye test on that but jungler's stepping up because it's such a difficult role to step up and you kind of bump you bump it up a rung i think yeah so yeah my logic here is that um i think that photon will be the most lane dominant top laner i think that kazi hillasang is a good bot lane even though obviously like this is not hillasang of yesteryear and i do think even though he does still have the games where you're like, there's Hillisang. They're like fewer and further between for me at this moment in time. Like, I don't think we're in the era of like the Jekyll and Hyde, the yin and yang of Hillisang. Like, I don't think that really exists anymore. I just think he is not as good as he used to be. But I think Kazi is arguably the best AD carry in the league. If you want to have hands above him, I wouldn't argue. But I think Kazi is a baller. Um, and I think VTO is... You know, again, we've spoken about his strengths and weaknesses to, to high heaven, but um, I think overall he's a good mid laner. Um, but I, I do think that this team... Flawed gem. He's a flawed gem. That's the problem. Yeah, I, I do think this team actually comes down to how... Does Photon teach Europe what top lane's really about? To me, that is no. what this team comes down to. And I guess I'm putting some belief that he will to a certain extent. I think they will win games through top lane, whereas most EU teams yeah, have always Jacks been... will probably take a couple of heads, like it did this year. always been incapable of winning through top lane. So I think uh, that is why I have them where they are. But I also feel like I, this team's just... To me, there are some reliable elements on this team, um, but the ceiling is still fairly low. For example, if Vitality play a best of five against G2, I know this is like an easy point to make if you like i see zero angles for victory there like legit zero angles for victory well, I can't... ones that don't come from g2 themselves yeah. well yeah sure. I, can't, I can't fathom like a world or like simulate a, a best of five in my head where i'm like and that's how vitality killed the nexus like it just doesn't compute in my head at all so i think this is a very capped team i just don't think there's enough quality um... on this team i think when you have hillisang daglas vto like there's so much so many question marks and flaws in three out of the five players. Like I couldn't possibly put them higher. So that's how I feel about it. What do you think, Nomera? There are a couple of caveats. Um, Vitality in the last few years have completely squandered talent. So obviously there are going to be reservations about Vitality as an org, as a brand or whatever. Um, with the coaching changes, you would expect that to be alleviated to a degree. You know, you've got Mac and Pad who are... Some of the very best coaches in Europe, I think maybe even the best, I think actually in terms of the work that they do, um, seeing them, um, you know, talking to players and, and speaking to them individually as well. I think that they're very, very good at facilitating players for growth, which I think Vitality has some room, room for. It's a pretty good formula for that coaching staff to take. Um, some very well um, solidified players, Kazi Hillasang, which they worked with on Mad Lions. You have some similarity with players being able to lead the conversation in review and in development there too, with some newer players like um, Daglas and someone like VTO, who of course has some incredible high highs. He he had VTO had an MVP in 22 summer, right or spring. He had an MVP split, didn't he? VTO? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah, the Misfits one, yeah. Um, so like he has some incredible highs. 
I think that he will need to develop his game plan. Um, I think that my problem with ETO in terms of the laning phase thing isn't even necessarily his individual laning phase, which of course does have some issues. It's the problem is that he never finds an angle to leave lane to go help the rest of the map. That was a huge issue on Heretics. You, it ended up being, uh, it, it, it got to the point where VTO had to be facilitated to stay in lane on something like Kaiser to get to two items to then take over the game. That's what you're aiming for, where eventually he gets to the point where his skirmishing yeah. and team fighting would outvalue the early game, where he could never find a way to influence the game. Now, that is going to be an issue with the meta, which we're saying in terms of early game objectives, VTO needs to find a way to influence the game. First few waves, you can get vision set up for the next player of the game, which will inf influence like your eight minute mark with your um, your ultimate timing and stuff like that. And then the, the objective spawning. Um, and you're doing that alongside a jungler who's got to step up to LEC standard as well. I think jungle is one of the strongest roles in the LEC on an individual level. That's going to be an issue. Those are my reservations, and yet I still have them up here in fourth. Mm, yeah. I actually think you have Kazi and Hillisang, you have Mac and Mac and Pad, yeah. and you've got Photon, <laughs> who's an incredible individual laner. So these caveats just end up just bumping them up to a to a point where I think while they might have a lot of these kinks to iron out, with those flaws under the microscope, I think that they will be able to develop past that point. I bloody hope so. Otherwise, mm. these players are going to have to have an absolute black stain on their career at this point. Where Vito, what happens with Vito if he doesn't have a good year? Actually. You know, yeah. his year on Heretics had some great carry performances, but with some huge asterisks about, well, he never leaves lane, and that means that your top side is going to be under threat because you've got a jungle and top lane who are isolated when the enemy laner then decides to roam towards top side. What happens then? You now suddenly have an incredible individual um, top laner um, in Photon, but what happens if he's ganged up 1v3 because VTO doesn't leave lane and the top side starts to fall apart, and then you lose the early objectives towards that top side too? I have every hope that he can develop past that point, but this is a year which is going to be a huge, huge turning point, I think, in his career. I think, yeah, I think if Vitality doesn't work, like, out of the gates, he's the obvious one to replace because I think there's so much potential upside to, like, the other players. Um, and he is such a known quantity for better and for worse. Uh, but where, where do you have them, Nymera? Do you have them fourth as well? I have them fourth as well, yes. Okay. Uh, what about you, Kira? I've got them fourth as well, and this is basically the only team, this is like the individual skill team, where like, they're placed here because it's like the individual skill, I don't know, put it this way, they could actually go really lower and they could go a lot higher because how they, we don't know how these four people are going to play together, there isn't a lot of historical data on that, I think like Max, one of the few coaches like I've, I've had a brief period like speak to, seems like whatever, Um, he's got a great rep obviously behind the scenes, which is cool. Um, you know, Karzai was like Peaky's powers yesterday. He like carried a franchise to a split that they should not have won. Uh, very rare, like, it's very rare you see an individual carry performance like that in League of Legends these days. Um, you know, that's a massive strike from. I need to see a consistent year from Karzai. I need to see a continuation of that rather than like a dip, you know, from like the peak of his powers. I know you got to just keep on going for this vitality team to be here. Hilly is just one of those problems where the good things about Hilly are always outweighed by like the bad. This guy actively cannot do nothing. He has to always be progressing. That's a great way to describe Hilly. I love that. He, he can yeah, never do nothing. The, the thing that I always say is he can never sit in the, the, uh, the nest egg. You cannot have Hilly just sit in the nest egg. You tell him to sit down on this egg and protect it. And next thing you know, Hilly's on top of the barn. Hilly's over annoying the cows. He's got to do something. He's got to be... And He's got ADHD. I actually can't yeah. believe it. You know that that really famous gif of 
that um, the person getting the deer out of the pool and then the deer immediately runs yeah. back into the pool and it's meant to be the ADC running back into the pool. Mm. It's the other way around. Yeah, Kelly. Like, yeah. Cars is like, you gotta get out of the goddamn enemy jungle. Get back here. Veteran done like a full stream segment. I, I actually like A-listed it because it was amazing where he yeah. like allowed people for the entire time find me Carsey losing lane, okay? And then it actually being Carsey's fault. And he gave everyone, it was like a like hundred odd people in chat, you had all the time in the world for like, and it was two splits, I think he'd done it in the spring, and it was during playoffs, and it was winter and spring, you, you basically could really find one where it was like, yeah, Carsey actually caused, it was either Jungle Gang came and it got turned on them, right? And, or Heli fucked up. Like, Carsey's level of laning consistency was something that people didn't even really talk about because yeah. it was less winning than the the Mickey X hand Sama of, like, G2, which was, like, the driving engine of the best team of the year in Europe, right? But it was still superb. Like, he can't help it. He doesn't play for Halley. Put it that way, okay? You know, VTO, you know, he's a flawed gem. If you can get him to mid-game on specific picks, he's probably one of the best, like, carries in terms of the mid lane however like the number of those picks is like you know narrow and narrower and how much of a damage that can do to your team is often obfuscated by how good your uh, supportive picks and your re your resource allocation is i think photons independence is actually a good thing for like video because jungle is going to yeah, be able to true. play around a smaller area of the map yeah. the more isolated nature of mid is both a bad thing and a good thing because you know it's less mid 2v2s and it's more mid 1v1s and i think if it's down to one more mid 1v1s i think that's more coachable for video i think it's so much easier to solve a uh, to solve a 1v1 than it is to solve a 2v1 and a 2 or a 2vx matchup. I think that's pretty easy for everyone to see. But in terms of coaching viability, I think it's also true. I'll we'll say I'm very excited to see if Vito gets a couple of Akali games in. I think Akali's pretty good on the yeah. season, and Vito's one of the best Akali's <laughs> in Europe. So he's not looked. He's not looked good in in houses. I'll not lie. He hasn't looked great. Neither has Cards. Eh? So he's just gonna, you know, I mean, you take these things as they come. Uh, and for me. If it's the best this team can be, and it's like they've actually got the best backline in Europe in terms of Karzy, Vito, Photon potentially can like outmuscle the other carry threat. Actually, and... yeah, with top lane involved, I think I agree with that. I think that yeah. mid, mid, AD car mid AD carry can be like, well, there are other teams. Obviously, you've got teams like G2 when you've got hands and caps doing pretty crazy stuff. Uh, Lost in comp at peak, maybe, whatever, sure. But then, like, you add um, Photon into the equation, you're like, well, yeah, because t other top laners aren't going to do the team fight and, impact and on Jacks. And here's the other thing. Photon has a really, really good um, eye and timing for, like, mid-rolls. Um, it was something that was a little underrated, and it was something probably underused by, like, Vitality. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot of places this team could go. I don't want to put them too high into their expectations because we've never seen them play together. So that's where they kind of, like, fit for me. I'm happy with them kind of being at fourth. But if this team was, like, sixth, you know what I mean, and it all goes yeah. wrong, you know what I mean, maybe seventh, eighth, that wouldn't surprise me. And if, you know, everything works really, really well and they're, like, a contender for the best team in Europe, that also wouldn't surprise me because that is, like, the legacy that Karzy's looking to find. The position Karzy was in last year was to attempt to find the best team he could possibly be on. This team's pretty good, but it's got a lot of questions. Yeah, the uh, I still think the two bonkers, two of the most bonkers moves in the history of EU both happened in, like, the last nine months. One which was 
the uh, trade of Trimby for Advian, which was yes. just like, what are we doing? And the other one, which is arguably more egregious, is mad getting rid of Kazi. And I don't care like the, what your vision, woe, yeah. what your vision for the project is, or whatever. Unless you're bringing in fucking I don't know Gumiyushi and like Kiria Bot Lane, like what the fuck are you doing, man? And part of me just wonders if because you've got you know like the Koi Movistar Riders, like everything coming in there, whether that is what really changed things. Because it felt like oh, man, sure. we were really content to have Kazi come back from you know obviously went off to Vitality um, the last time, but it felt like Kazi really was set up to be. The Mad Lions guy. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, I mean, again, like because this is the thing. Like people talk about, and obviously some of it's in jest, but most of it's like just let's just be real, just stupid twelve-year-olds on Twitter or whatever talking about like oh xenophobia against uh, Spanish people. The the thing is, like Spain, like Spanish people in League of Legends constantly make decisions primarily based around the fact that other people are Spanish. That is just a fact. It happens all the fucking time. And I'm not even going to like go in on that. Like, I, like I care because I don't really particularly care. But for all those people who are like, oh, you're just saying negative things because you don't like Spanish. It's not my fault that your entire region just seems to constantly make decisions based on nationality. Like that's you, if anything. That's like, I don't know, some weird inverse uh, xenophobia or something where you just have to have Spanish people. So to me, that is always going to be the uh, the poster child for that. The fact you get rid of Kazi so you can do this fucking weird ass Spanish project. Like what are we doing? Anyway, um, so we've all done our number four picks. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so and I've talked about my third. Who's your, who's your third? I had Carmen Court. Oh yeah, you had Carmen Court. Yeah. We had giants. So. Uh, yeah, we had we had giant sex. So oh, let's talk. Ab- let's talk. Ab- let's talk about our number two pick, which I'm gonna guess we're all in unison here, which is G. Yeah. No, I've got Fnatic as well. Yeah, Fnatic. Uh, so uh, yeah, Fnatic. Um, I'll just start briefly. There's not too much to say here. Again, the only yeah. change they made was obviously they brought in uh, Jun the support. Spoiler alert, I know nothing about Jun other than he's Korean, he plays support, um, and he I, wasn't on people's radars particularly outside of Fnatic, play, I guess. He, he played, he's an actual dedicated, engaged player, and, and, and like uh, more than like Trimby. Well, like, yeah. this, uh, this is the thing. At any point in Tier 2, because this guy was actually hyped at Tier 2, okay? And... and Watching Korea, right? any time a tier two support player is like hyped up for a variety of different reasons, it's always a really dangerous me. As someone who has watched a lot of Korean tier two and a lot of uh, LDL, right? The biggest, I, I, if I feel like an amazing ADC, I'm pretty sure when I plug and play him, he's most likely going to still be pretty good. Maybe not like as good as he was feeding on noobs, but he's still, you know, there's going to be a certain level, right? Okay. I think the same for like mid lane to a degree and top lane to a degree. Jungle and support, I don't know what it is, unless the person's like a dedicated carry jungler. The variance of what can happen to those people going from like tier 2 to tier 1 is insane. I think a lot of the time is when people look at support rooms, first of all, they don't know who's calling it, as in like the person's being told to move rather than like moving of their own volition. And second of all, like, it's like combinations of like players as in like uh amateur players like playing with the same adc and then they change adc when they go to tier two or um amateur like they're being like really really uh volatile uh like champion pool stuff like for example the other person can only play like lux and like enchanters like that and you're a player who could play like pike and stuff 
and you get to like feast and famine on like the league because you have like these specific uh picks and for me that's kind of what like uh, zoom was not to like the level of like stream but i was i was never someone i was all because i don't really like use reddit or that much sure i was so surprised to hear about uh june's re uh, rep from like casters and stuff and like on twitter and yeah reddit. chronicler really rated him highly yeah exactly i was really it, surprised yeah. to hear his rep because for me when i was watching him i was just kind of like yeah, kind of whatever. Like it wasn't that it was bad. It was just that like now we have like a full bot lane that's speaking Korean, and you know that's a big risk to like take. It's, it's a big risk, but at the same time, it also tilts me when teams do things where they get like two Koreans and one's like a fucking top laner and one's like a support, and it's like, what are we doing? Like, if you're gonna go double Korean, I feel like bot lane is far more logical than most of the combinations you can make. So I don't hate that aspect i also just think fanatic will be okay this is a perfect example of an area where i think you can legitimately assume or it's fair to assume that a player might just get a bit better which i would extend to oscoronin because i think oscoronin has shown a complete like trajectory arc so far that he came into the league he was fucking atrocious which i don't know why some fans like are trying to retcon that's cool it's cool that he was fucking terrible and then just gradually got better and then like had some really breakout games and then was actually quite good like that's cool so yeah he was really bad and he's got better and better and better and better and i'm going to assume that he's going to be more comfortable and a little bit better than he was the last time i saw him so i think the top side is going to be i think Razork was the best jungler last season i think obviously there are still some issues between mm. uh humanoid and Razork that i don't particularly like i think humanoid himself just has some issues where Again, I find it baffling. Again, shout out to those morons at Esports Maniacos. But like, to, the idea that you rate him above Larson, to me, is like fucking mental. Nah, like, that that's crazy. Pure, that is actual mental illness. That is insane to me because he's so flawed. Um, but obviously, he's a good player, very talented player. Uh, and again, the Fnatic are where they are on my list. Uh, again, it's sad, but largely in part because there aren't any teams who you can com yes. confidently say, well, they deserve to be there instead of them. So... Yeah, I do actually kind of low-key like, so far as you go for two Koreans, that they both play bot lane. I think that's something kind of fine because for people who haven't heard like extended comms from teams as well, you do actually have like, or quite a common dynamic is you will have the general louder comms, which are about what should we be doing right now? What are we setting up for? Can I come top? Whatever. And bot lane will kind of like almost whisper to themselves like you have to like when you're playing lane together you yeah. have to talk about everything that's happening in real time as it's happening and they will probably do that in korean which won't affect anything else everyone will know it's rain lane related yeah. as well because i say in korean i actually don't hate that so yeah i'm in i'm interested i'm not blown away by what they did in off season obviously but i'm interested by this team I mean, obviously, bot lane laning phase is a huge part of the meta right now with Varus, Ash, Renata, Callista all being... I, I think, actually, the in-houses have, like, a global ban on Ash and... Is it Jin. Ash and Varus and Jin? Jin. There's, like, a couple of bot lane champions. Yeah. I can't remember the exact list. It has changed a bit sometimes. Um, which is basically, look, we need to play some other stuff. Let's just not play the absolutely busted lane stuff because we know it's broken. Um, now, if you're bringing in Jin, who's a very well-regarded challenger support and um the laning he phase did play part LCK. of it 
Yeah. yeah, he, he did play, play. Yes, yes, but he, he did play. play he did actually yes, play. Yes, he was game. very. Yeah, he was. He's, yes, he did. And he was kind of. I'm, I'm just. Well. Doing, You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he's a very well regarded um, kind of player from tier two, and then also into kind of like kind of bench warming, kind of hopping onto the main stage in LCK as well. He was kind of flipping around on a couple of different teams uh, between main and um, and bench. No, the laning phase is the easiest thing to kind of guarantee from someone who's coming in from Korea with a, you know, pretty good reputation for, for the position. He's fine, especially for support as well. Um, like, that's going to be a pretty good thing. I think Oscar Renan, yeah, he grew measurably. Is he going to be the best top planer in, in Europe? No, he's probably going to be behind Broken Blade and Photon. Uh, I think that, I think Oscar Renan's going to be fine. I don't think he's going to be the best. Um, he'll, he'll be enough at that point. And what that means is that you have, um, compared to the other teams we've talked about up until this kind of point, you have a decent amount of firepower and a jungler which can actually exploit that firepower. Um, I think Razork is the real kingmaker for Fnatic. I think we saw that when they were good last year. Razork has consistency issues. Sometimes you'll have games where you'll just, you'll just eat shit. He won't do anything. But he's had some awesome poppy games. He's had some awesome like snowball games out of the jungle, which will be incredibly potent, I think. Um, I think Fnatic are one of the teams with the more interesting early games in LEC. I think that they have the laners with the champion pools to leverage that. I think that they have the jungler to leverage that too. Do I think they're going to be an international threat? Because we're talking about being a second place LEC team. Sometimes, you know, you've talked about top three LEC being teams with an international threat to a degree. I don't think Fnatic are going to be an international threat on paper, um, given what we've seen from, you know, the um, LCK, LPL roster moves and stuff like that too. But they're definitely going to be a threat within LEC. Um, I don't see them being any lower than top four. Um, I think they maybe could bottom, bottom out a fourth or whatever if a couple of teams really start to perform well. But I think they're, they're comfortably top four, and I think they're pretty comfortably top two, actually, given the level of the league. Yeah, I think... So, oh, sorry. I was just going to very quickly say on, on that point of, like, where the LEC stands kind of internationally and sort of holistically as, as a domestic region. I think what's happened is we have had periods in the, in the past where there have been, like, two teams coming out of Europe, which maybe could, like get out of groups, do something on a world stage, whatever. We don't really have that anymore. It is kind of just G2. But I do also think there are fewer occasions where we look at teams on paper and say, that's cannon fodder. Like, I think yep. one of the reasons why, basically, as you said, Nightmare, like from third to 10th, like any of those teams, like if you jump, like if you change any of them to any positions, it wouldn't be like mind bendingly shocking, right? Yeah. Yeah. Other than probably mad, like, like fourth mm. would be pretty wild. But... I don't look at any of those teams and like, Jesus Christ, that team's awful. Aside from maybe mad, like maybe they will actually just be that bad. But I think when you look at the past, some of the teams we used to have lined up as like the ninth, 10th uh, best teams were just awful on paper and in actuality. Well, you, you, and... you show some respect to Mysterious Monkeys and Meet Your Makers or was oh it like my Move Your Mothers? God, I forgot about... <laughs> were Mysterious Monkeys in the... I think they were, weren't they? What, first? Uh, what Supermassive? Mysterious Monkeys? That, Mysterious, Mysterious Monkeys, Monkeys were an was amazing. Uh, they were yeah, an LCS team for a while. Yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was uh, the top laner that played the TF Jungle <coughs> who won with G2. and uh, yeah, the ama- yeah, it was Kekka's top with Amazing as a Jungler. It was... was it? Wait, was it? And then, uh, oh god! Who, yeah, they got who... them promoted. Then, then they had yeah. the playing. Then got demoted. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, hilarious yeah. names. Awful teams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you don't. Yeah, players like Nisbeth and the, they don't. You don't come into the league anymore. Like you know. Um, but yeah, sorry, Kira. What, what are you? What are your thoughts on Fnatic? You seem to be so, a bit upset that Nymera hadn't put Oscar in as the best player in the league. 
No, I'll just go and think. Okay, this my list is actually major mainly a winter list. Okay, I think predicting too far into the future, except Fnatic. Now, this is gonna sound mental. This team is still Jekyll and Hyde. They can fuck up consecutive BO ones and um not make it to like the next stages and fuck up continuously throughout the year. But I am almost money on it. This team will be good or one of the best teams by the end of the year. Just through like providence because of the nature change. If they manage to make it and they don't fuck up that much, because you know you've actually got to get the good placements to make it to the grand final, yeah, they'll be true. one of the best. They'll be one of the best teams. Now that is not to say this team, even though I have them second, they could like go like way further down. Just because now, what have you lost removing Trimby? Well, humanoid loses out because Trimby was one of the big- biggest factors in pairing up and linking up with humanoid to help humanoid in mid lane. Okay, you've also lost, you know, Timby's, like, champion pool. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not to say that Jun has, a, like, a smaller champion pool, as, okay? As is, like, a Fnatic at that time, part of it was, you know, flexing and using a lot of, like, Trimby's, like, champion pool. Not so much when they hit the Nautilus era, but are they going to do that with Jun? I don't know. And until proven otherwise, I think you've lost that with, like, Trimby. Oscar Innan is just a death lane pusher. He actually reminds me of like the LPL play a lot of the LPL players in this sense, where like they first go actual just normal lane control sometimes and they just death push. It's worse for Razork, it's good for Oscar Innan because he puts like a lot of pressure on like people and they're a lot uh, not prepared for it. But you know, it can result in high deaths. Uh, Razork has then got to try and cover someone who's like out of position on constant wave timings. These are the types of things that can cause desync with like humanoid and the team can just look like a mess. During summer into the end of year, I actually thought like Razork was the best like Western player, like the best Western yeah, jungler, sorry, yeah. and candidate for the best Western player. He was unbelievable, but he still has Jekyll and Hyde factors to his game. Where even just cons- you know, at Worlds he had the Talia game where he like fucked up the full yeah. topside play, and then he was like amazing in all the team fights. But it, because he had fucked the topside play up, he had put them already in a hole, and so. You know, <laughs> he he was one of the players that, you know, he picked up the Ivern really quick that helped save the team. To talk a little bit, you know what Noah's a stat stick. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Until proven otherwise, he's going to continue to be a stat stick. Stat sticks aren't bad because they're very consistent from you know what you're going to get going in week to week, year to year. Congratulations, Noah. Humanoid's like an interesting one. So, obviously, Humanoid, there was like lots of different eras of Humanoid. I actually think he got more stick in the Reckless era than was probably deserved. And when you watch it, like the team fights, like, you know, uh, like key, like CC timings wouldn't be coming in from like the supports player, like Rux, that like Humanoid's like relying on, you know what I mean, to like combo and one shot a target. And so then his play looks like an int because like the one shot doesn't go through because you don't CC chain it. There was a little bit of that going on. I'm not trying to say he's perfect, but he does also bear like a lot of like pressure on his shoulders. Now, him and Razor have not been able to play well together, like linking up. You, you know, it's been a problem. We've talked about it a million times. But at the end of the day, like lot humanoid eats up like a lot of like resources in terms of like pick bam. Champion prio, lane prio, and like in terms of like targeting for the enemy lane that laning, sorry, targeting for the enemy teams like two v ones and one v ones. That at the end of the day, he Razork gets to go and do like other things and be productive and creative elsewhere. Now, humanoid and team fights, I think has regressed like a fair amount. He's no longer the elite player that he used to be. Where like and during like the Mad Lions era and at the later stage of some of like, the Fnatic uh, time periods, though even at Fnatic it wasn't always that great. 
I'm just like the saying is like Humanoid's like one of those players where I think if you were to sell all your stock on him, it's like probably a terrible idea. And I know that like people like me will be like, oh, eventually I've completely forgotten him and uh, him and uh, Thingy being able to work to each other, Razork being able to work with each other. I think that's just a foregone conclusion, and you should be basically not expect it. But no, not, you're not there for the mid jungle two v two. You're there for two peak excellent players if they're playing on yeah yeah exactly and the thing is i, I think there's like a, a ceiling to like humanoid's game where you know he can still be one of the best mid laners in the league and i don't even th and fanatic was already the second best team and they didn't even really need him to be like that so i think there's a lot of players to go the thing i was often saying uh, funny about bb like bb and oscar Innan is kind of weird because i actually think bb like has a lot of the same characteristics as like oscar Innan, where like BB uses up, like, he plays really far forward, uses up a lot of his jungler's time, like, more carry-oriented, team, like, like it, what do you call it, uh, <coughs> go for, like, good team fighting and stuff like that. Like, why do you think BB's, like, what, do you, what does BB do that you think is better than, like, Oscar Innan? I think he uses his um, push to get angles into fights better. That's one of the big things. For I think him. he's just more reliable um, than Oscar Innan as well. I think even though uh, Oscar Innan had, like, a big upturn, I don't think he's, like, really good every game or something. But, and not even, yeah, yeah but like for example, like B, I think BB just gets way more jungle attention. Like I think one of the big things that changed about G two is Yike used to go bot lane like all the time and blow the game up at like in winter five yeah, k gold stuff, lead at twenty. Yeah. Then Yike was just became way more topside oriented. And when I listen to the comms, the reason is it's just BB talks the most, and so BB's just bringing Yike um, tops topside like all the time. Like I watched. G a BB play against Wonder in the finals, right? And he had like a 50 CS lead oh, at like he, one point, yeah. and he was still getting solo killed by like Wonder. And because no, Wonder like, actually played really well versus BB, and BB kind of dropped the wall in that series. You're not wrong with that one. Yeah, and so I, those are like the same things I expect for like Oscar and like you know when Razork's not covering his lane, Oscar and like dropped the ball versus irrelevant and like mm. solo lost the well, game. Well, something that because... you know, Kira, about the difference between BB and uh, Oscar and in because you know, and Gilius highlighted it because he said he played with BB and that he was like the best communicating top laner and was an amazing salesman to get you go top and all the rest of it and we also know that oscarinin's mental you know might not be quite so good because you know the guy did punch a wall which is what broke his hand because he got angry in a scrim so i you know, didn't know that that is there you go context. <laughs> little, yeah, like, little tidbit just as like in the context of like who is a player like i don't think there's like put it this way if there was a bit of gun to my head like bb's probably a bit, like maybe better than him but i think I don't think there's a lot in it, put it that way. Um, thinking... Well, that's the thing. I think in terms of, like, individual laning performance, I think that, you know, BB, he's strong at that. Oscar and is not bad at that either. Yeah, they're going to be people who give you a pressure point in topside, which is a pretty anomalous thing in um, in EU. It's not it's not a particularly common thing that we see. We see a lot of consolation top lane picks in, like, you're looking to survive, turn up to team fights. I think that these two are more likely to push in and get advantages and then use that advantage to then turn up elsewhere. I think BB is better at using his um, pressure to set up power plays and I think he's better at finding angles into fights. I think when he's in the fights too, largely he takes up much better... F he's much better coordinated with his team in terms of reaching the carries that he needs to. When you think of the BB Cassante games as well, um, I think he's pretty good at finding the right timing when yeah, someone yeah. else pulls the trigger. So, I mean, I think it's like little things across the board which end up kind of putting him above pretty much every top player in Europe for me. I think that Photon is better on an individual laning level. Um, and but Photon's it, like he's... fucking great at that. But I, yeah. I would say that like the communication, and I think BB's communication, this is something when I heard the comms, I, like, I was actually really impressed with. 
I'm, I'm mainly just talking on an individual level here. I, mm. I think there's a lot of top winners that could look like really good on G2. Put it that way. Like yeah, for sure. Sol I, I do think G2... that Broken Blade is better at using the opportunity. I think he's a more opportunistic player than most other top players, which is like that, I, that's <clears> the thing <throat> about G2 in general, though, is that typically they're better at seizing opportunities on short timings when they present themselves. Sometimes that is them making a mistake, someone else making a mistake, and then capitalizing on that, like a reminder of. I think it was the 1v2 versus Heretics that BB had with the Cassante, where like he absolutely wrecks in a 1v2 and stuff like that. There are moments like that which I don't see Oscar Renning pulling off as consistently. Not that he can't, he actually has done. He's done some really good opportunistic plays. On the whole, if you make a mistake against Broken Blade, he's the quickest to pounce of top laners. I do think Broken Blade was comfortably the best top laner last year, to be honest. I don't. I, I think Photon had some really good moments, but it's oh, hard yeah, to look yeah. good in, on in that Early on, in spring, I mean, roster. yeah. And I also do think that Photon... If they get to play out these isolated 1v1 lanes and Photon plays against Broken Blade or indeed anyone else, I think he puts them in the fucking grave. Like I don't think that I don't think that BB or anyone can cope with like in certain matchups with, with Photon's laning, but that is just one aspect of the game. Um right, so obviously our first place team is for all of us. Shock horror, it's G2. Uh do we have any reason to believe I'll start with you on this nightmare. Do you have any reason to believe that there might be a change at the top. Do you see any, I don't know, map reasons or something why like G2 might not just run away with it this year? The only way G2 don't win this is something internally that massively misreads for them. Like the only <coughs> time we've really seen G2 drop the ball has been when they have a huge misread in a series. Like that's effectively been it from them regionally for the last era of G2. I don't see any reason why they're gonna like massively mess up partly because there needs to be teams of a caliber that can can pounce when they make those kind of misreads i don't think we're gonna see that consistently i think you know maybe a peak fanatic can come up with some like great series against them outside of that it's going to be a really hard ask especially in a best of five setting where it actually counts like they're never going to be bad enough that they're not going to make it through to the postseason and when then you finally get into the best of fives at that point i just don't see a team that can consistently um punish g2 for some of the misreads that they have yeah what, what about you kira any angle here where they're not just completely I think g2 could like yeah i think g2 can lose to a lot of teams like and end up in like lo like lower brackets but the problem is it's like it's like beating g2 like multiple times is actually like, the challenge they, they're like the quickest to like learn from like losses of like yeah. almost any team like a lot of people were like always get, like even with like the remake that happened in the game if i i, I even said it to you at the time oh friends, the action bug yeah yeah like, it took like that was like nonsense what happened there okay but um let, let me give an example. They lost that series versus Mad Lions, right? Okay, and I, I said to every single person, I told them, when they play them at MSI, it will be scorched fucking earth. Mad Lions will barely win one game, and they 3 0 them. The XL series, really, really close. What mm. happened in the final? My God, like, XL walked away from that one holding their arse cheeks. Like, it's so... How consistently... G, uh, G2 beat Fnatic... Well, who's it they beat in the upper bracket in, in the grand finals? Was it G2 beat Fnatic? Anyway, like, they very, really rarely lose to, like, consecutive, like, teams. And they probably use the upper bracket, you know, because when they lost uh, the, the upper bracket, like, the best. And now the BO5 portion's more of the tournament, yada, yada. It's a format that suits them, more robust format. The problem is, and this is the thing that I've got to say to you, the, the rest of the teams have actually technically either gotten, like, maybe worse, right? But the thing is, is G2's 
expectations is not to win the LEC. Yeah. It is to do something greater than the LEC. So yes. the minimum requirement <coughs> for G2 is to dominate all the LEC splits, win them all, right? Any loss is a failure, or automatic like failure of the squad. They have to then go to an international tournament and this team is trying to get semi-finals or finals or have like an all-time great like BO5 versus someone. That is the expectation of this team, particularly if you keep it together. And that is the issue here where it's very, very hard to be that good over a long, long like stretch of like time. And you know, you've got different metas and the peaks and rise and falls. Yes, they have an amazing team for it. They have the best bottling, the best support. One of the best ADCs, who's like a specialist ADC. This team is this good and Caps doesn't even have to be great. Caps is so mediocre for Caps, it's unbelievable. He's yeah, like his own standards for sure. He's like yeah. good. He's like humanoid levels where he's like flawed in other areas, like great in some. And you're wondering what happened to a player of yesteryear. They have arguably probably the best carry jungler in the region and... By the end, probably who ended up one of the best like team fighting junglers in terms of like yike, and they have a variety of different strategies that they can use through their jungler to well, abuse worth teams. Worth noting that Belveth is incredibly powerful on yeah, she's as well. and he's probably the best Belveth in the league. Maybe I mean Elroy one of the best Belveth in the world. Period, yeah, he's an incredible Belveth. So that's that's definitely a feather they can put in their cap. Is and, there you know and, what I mean on the, along those lines, seeing as that is seemingly what the expectation is for for g2 i think that's probably fair is there any change that you would like to have seen them made or are you happy to see them running it back i don't know I mean, if it makes the team better but larson for caps in terms of an individual but i don't think it makes the team better like i can't say it definitely does i if you if, if i was a g2 gm right i know larson individually bet was better than caps last year i would not have changed them that's and th that just shows you how weird it is as like a like a, a whole like team issue the only thing was like and then and i don't know g2's internals but with the, the snippet that i've seen like bb's voice seems like so important so even if mm. i know like on yeah. a technical level he's maybe worse than other top laners if he's like that much of like the shot calling like you know, that's the you... thing. I think on an individual level, I think top lane has been a real sore point for the West. Yeah. So you think, well, okay, is there any way we can upgrade and kind of top lane on an individual level and then also retain the same team identity? I mean, who do you look at for Western top laners? Like, legitimately, who do you look at right now? Um, could you say bring back someone like a Whippo? Would that help? Well, Thanatos... I'm not so sure about Thanatos that. Thanatos is teamless. Teach him English. <laughs> <laughs> Unironically. Yeah, I, I I don't think you can achieve this G2 kind of atmosphere by bringing in someone who needs to kind of like warm up though like that and like teach them another language. That would be... I'm, jo bit... I'm joking. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing. Though, the thing like... is, like, that's legit one of the only ways you can upgrade individually right now because the top lane talent pool yeah. for the West is just dire. Comparative to... I mean, 2019 was a ridiculous year, right? When you had like you had Wonder and and Whippo both. both Obviously, really it's like a ridiculous point, but... thing to say, but I do think like if they wanted to take the leap and you just had complete like carte blanche to do whatever you want, like football manager on edit mode, basically the one move that makes G2 a contender to like win worlds or something it would be like bin. That seriously, like if you're actually trying to do like the single biggest upgrade. I think that it would have to be a top lane, like an LPL top lane, it would probably just, mm. just be big. I mean, th th there's some really out there stuff, and you say, well, you know, Yike is very good. Um, could you bring in, I don't know, who's been internationally decent recently? I mean, yeah, hell, but his, his, his trajectory is like Oscar Annans, but even crazier. Yeah. 
Like that's the Yikes. thing. I, I don't think you, I don't think you ever get rid of Yike because his no. potential yeah. has. I mean, again, stepping up into jungle in the LEC is something which is really, really difficult. Yike has done really, really well with that. Maybe you could do something really off the wall and say, actually, Blabber is incredible for a Western jungler. Could he provide something a bit more? No, probably not. Um, uh, like I'm trying to think of other Blabber. Western junglers that could have like the more versatility towards that. And actually, no, you're basically looking. At it's like put Razor. It's like put. Yeah, okay, it's like put Razor on G2. Like that's that's interesting. Probably mm. not better because we've seen how good that team is. Yeah. Put yeah. Yankos back on G2. I think Yike at, at more aspects of the game. Is better than Yankos, yes. right? Like as of like the players that they both were. So oh, then that's one of my up... worries for Heretics actually is that if we have too many farming carry junglers, Yankos is not the best He's carry jungler. Um, so you, you're going to get to the point where like you need him to just go back towards ganking stuff that can set up for his but team. By the, so, yeah, by I the don't way, think that he would outvalue Yike in those kind of aspects. Jungle is like the NA position for EU top. By the way, like the, I, I think there's like six EU junglers that are better than Blabber. I know Blabber's meant to be like the best NA jungler everywhere. I think I'm, I'm not gonna go overboard. I do not think he's very good. I think I he's like he's, he's fine. Like and obviously in the context of NA, as a as a resident like NA jungler in that context, he's good or whatever. But I mean, the jungle in NA, NA really is the top lane of Europe. Like it's just devoid of talent. The fact that Santorin went there and was like. <laughs> Top three for like multiple splits it tells you everything you need. Roxa, Roxa went on and was like in, playing in finals and semi-finals. Yeah, so you need to, to be fair, Broxa played in the final in Europe as well. So yeah, yeah. but like NA played in a world final. Yeah, Broxa played in a world final. So yeah. No, no, NA Broxa though, mate. That was a different beef. I don't know. He's he, I. I don't think Broxa ever really changed. I think he was just a, a slave jungler who did his job. But to be fair, mm. Broxa's one player whose career I have like massive admiration for because he fucking min maxed the shit out of that, didn't he? Like, he did actually. Holy hell! No, actually, I'll put some respect on on Broxa's name actually because I'm forgetting like how like pedigreed like Broxa was like going into NA. Cause I just put the years together. Broxa like not actually think he was good or anything, but he was actually mega legit and he played and he never actually won any of them i don't think he lost them all but anyway um jesus christ i just thought about how many consecutive finals he yeah was. but um uh, <laughs> holy shit what a tragedy but uh yeah what do you call it? like bronx was actually bronx's thing going in was like a lot better than i actually just initially that's thought. the thing though like with someone like broxy you just think like oh man how sad that you know played all these consecutive finals europe world na like lost them all it's like Dude, the fact that he was there in all those finals is like the miracle run already. So, here's the thing. I know this is a European base show. Looking at the standards of teams that are potentially going to be going to MSI Worlds, okay? Do you think that yesteryear, last year was G2's chance of really going somewhere, or do you think they've got a better chance this year? Oh, this year. I don't for think sure. it was that. I, I don't think it was. Oh, I, think, I don't think it was their chance last year, and I think that the teams yeah. this year, likely out of the top teams of LPL CK, are also really strong. So I don't I know. Think I, think yeah. I, think, I, I think it's worse this year. Yeah. I think. I think it's worse this year. Put it this way. Yeah. So we watched Damas. Uh, Kira and I did a vlog of uh, Damascus Cup finals, and basically the takeaway is you're not going to have the same level of JDG team coming out of LPL, but you're likely going to have a stronger top five. Um, because you know you've got NIP with Rookie actually having a good team. Um, he actually has a top side. 
top esports is looking like they have a really good team as well. Then you'll still have JDG BLG. I don't think Rookie... Well. I know I know his team wasn't good. I don't think Rookie oh. looked like Rookie last year at all. No, he no, he yeah. didn't. But he also didn't have a top but, side. So but it's, it's, like, it's a it's mix Rookie of two we're things. talking about here. What, we're going to pretend that fucking... Like, all the other, like, absolute garble players can't be good again. No, but, well, no, but wait. When, when <laughs> no, did no, you rookie, last see so, Rookie play at the level he played at last year, though? I don't think... He's, he's not like Hillisang, no. is he? Where you're yeah, like, so, oh, so he rookie, just had a Rookie split. Like... The, the way I view Rookie is like, I think it was his worst, it was his worst season of his competitive career we've seen since like, I don't know, season, oh, even season five, he was good individually, right? So like, yeah. it's his worst individual ever. year we've seen, maybe ever. And even then it was like, he was playing in best of threes and he would have pretty consistently one good game, one bad game, and then one coin flip after that point. So it's like, he would still have, you know, the rookie moments, one out, one or two games out of the three <coughs> games in a best of three. Like, even then he's still one of those kind of players. So like, even then, you have now a team which he is likely to do better on because the top side is look. He doesn't have fucking Wayward to just top lane. Let's be honest, folks. So, basically, top tier teams from LPL across the board, even if the top top team isn't going to be as good, um, you're still going to have a very very strong set of teams to choose from there. And when it gets to Worlds, like the top four teams are going to, you're not going to have a coin flip team like Weibo probably making it through to Worlds like the way they did this year. LCK. And who knows on that front, but like I just think the gap is so huge right now. Remember, folks, at MSI, we won what one or two games as the West versus the East. It was like two games think, or something, right? And I think generally Gen G's probably dangerously like a better team, which is the other yeah. like hand, hand in the You just hand have to believe fast. if you believe that G2 and by the way, as Nightmares, I don't I didn't think it was G2's time last year. I don't think it's G2 time this year, but I do I don't think, think it's good for either of them. Yeah, yeah. but I no. do think that like the fact you have to just believe in the fact that they've been together for an extra year and it was yikes rookie year and they're going to just be stronger and more well-rounded and just buy into that being like you know more one thing you must caveat though rich is there is a ceiling that this team can explode to which exists where caps is elite again and i'm not oh, saying yeah, sure. i believe i'm not saying i believe it exists but last year i sat here and i said the reason g2 will win is because i always believe in caps and now it's more, I now believe in G2's bot lane. Yeah, but yeah, 